miniature soldiers, big opinions. This is the Conclave Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Conclave Podcast. I'm the Sandman and you are in for a treat. We have uh, this year's Christmas special or Sanguinalia special. We've done a lot about Sanguinius recently, so... Never enough. (laughs) (laughs) Well, joining me today, we have three incredible guests and one other one as well. So we have the War Hipster. How are you today, Josh? I'm really good. I'm intrigued to know who's the incredible guests and who's the other one. <laughs> well, any, any listeners who stay through to the end will find out. Uh, okay. <laughs> we have Quipster. I'm not saying it is you, but... It's definitely me. Yeah, I did go on to you straight <laughs> bringing that up. How are you today, Quipster? I'm good, I'm good. We're recording this at 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning, so I'm a bit bleary-eyed. Just back from church, absolutely shattered. Well done, mate. well done. And Adam, how are you today, mate? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm uh, yeah, nice and relaxed on Sunday morning. It's always good. Cool. And now I get to welcome, for the first time to the podcast, Winters SEO. Um, how are you today, Winters? I'm I'm lovely. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. It's uh, it's an honour. I want to thank my family and my agent and the Emperor of Mankind. They say dreams couldn't come true, but here I am. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I mean, this is a treat for our our listeners, both of you. Uh, Thank you so much for supporting us throughout throughout this year. Um, Have we actually, have we managed to get two listeners now? I think we've got two. We're on the road to three. One of them only listens for the first half an hour and then they normally drop out. So technically one and a half. Saying this, I think we should mention our, our biggest listener, Marie, or Newbie Paints on Instagram, who every single time we post, she'll put up a thing on Instagram and be like, oh my God, the Conclave. So yeah, great to shout her out. Yeah, thank you. Yes, we appreciate that. (laughs) We have a fan. (laughs) I wish I was there to see her lose her mind at the mention. (laughs) I listened to one of your things as well, all the way through. It was delightful. Oh, it's very kind. Wait, but that's bad news. That means if Winters is the other listener, (laughs) (laughs) that that means we only have one. Um, Okay, cool. Well, okay, to kick things off, I am going to regale everybody with a wonderful Tory. Uh, wonderful Tory? <laughs> what a wonderful Tory. <laughs> there are no wonderful <laughs> <Tories>. <laughs> As we're all currently trapped inside of our houses, then yeah, I guess maybe, maybe not so much. But yeah, I will regale everybody with the uh, a story that is so magical, Black Library wouldn't even tell it to you. So it is the story of the first Primark Secret Santa. Long before gatherings such as Ulanor or the Edict of Nikea, you know, the Primarchs were all gathered on terror underneath the Imperial Palace, somewhere near the Webway product. Magnus the Red was looking around thinking, God, this looks this looks really strong, really sturdy. Nothing could ever damage a place like this. Uh, Horus was looking around at all the statues and getting really, really jealous for no fucking reason. <laughs> and the Primarchs were told by the Emperor to gift each other presents for the very, very first time. So we're going to have a fun kind of segment here, guys, coming up with ideas for what we think the Primarchs should be given for a secret Santa. So we're going to do this numerically, because then I get to talk about the lion straight away. (laughs) We're going to go one by one. So guys, what do you think is going to be the best gift for Lion L. Johnson? I think the lion's like the hardest one out of all of them. Some catnip. Some some catnip. (laughs) It would be like a nice, like, ironic joke, because obviously we all know he's not actually a cat. But, you know, if you're going to walk around being called Lion, you know, let's let's get him, you know. It's, it's that or like a, a shoelace on a, on, a, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a stick is one of the two. Whilst we're on the topic, I think it's important to point out that GW have now confirmed that the Lion is coming back next year. 
we know this from if you look at the uh, advent calendar for the rumor engine uh, in fact all, every single one of those does relate to the lion number one for example uh, is a shoe and the lion um, very famously wears shoes in almost every book he's in uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty incredible yeah, Ed spent Ed spent most of the last uh, of of the of the the days of Christmas as his advent calendar comes out, desperately trying to tell us how uh, various uh, sisters-looking stuff and undead banners are actually all part of the lion model. But I'll be honest, it's a very compelling conspiracy, so I'm down for it. Well, I can believe it because for the longest time, we knew we, the only Primark where we knew where they was was Gulliman. The other ones are missing in action. But since the last couple of latest uh, Dark Angels codexes, they have confirmed that the lion is in the rock. So he's the only other one now that we know where he is. The problem with the lion is what time is he in because of the time distortions, uh, because of the um, uh, Dark Angels miniseries and the connection with the, um, well, all the backstory there with the, with the fall. Well, yeah, the, the, the fall is, yeah, not, not exactly been written yet. The, the original kind of law is he actually gets sucked into the warp for a second before the fight ends. So God fucking knows what happened in, 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 that, in that time. Um, but yeah, there's also, I will say, whilst, you know, whilst we're on the topic, yeah, they, they have advanced the line storyline incredibly far now. So for example, like Winter says, they actually have confirmed things about the line's location and they have released Luther from the rock. There is no reason to do this unless you are gearing up to, to turn the line back. So GW, wake up the fucking lion. Just please, please <laughs> I'm trying to sleep. I'm trying to sleep, but I can't. I was going to say, like, so my my gift for him, I reckon, you get him one of those. You know those like seasonal affective disorder amp, the la- lamps. Yeah. You know the ones that give like a nice sunrise because then when he wakes up, because he's in the middle of the rock, right? It's all dark. You know, he doesn't know what season it is. This will give him a nice way that he can like calmly wake up, and then then he can go mental about the fallen later. Or just ah. just an alarm clock might be. No, no, no. <laughs> better better than an alarm clock. What we should get him is a Google Home device. Oh, you, 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 and your shilling for Google bloody home. Iron Man over here, ladies and gentlemen, is 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 incredibly proud. He was he was talking to me, Josh and Adam, about how incredible his his new setup is in his new flat. We were like, oh, what what have you done? He was like, I've got a Google Home device in every room. <laughs> no, it's more than that because what I wanted to do was I've also got like a Google phone. So my plan was to you can do like keywords that you can say and it will do like a whole bunch of actions so like you could say into the phone like you know hey google i'm coming home and it will like turn on the heating turn on the lights turn on the the like tv so it's netflix and the fireplace on netflix put some light jazz on so when you walk through the door it's a yeah, you know, it's it's a nice experience. Yeah, when 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 is his face right now sums up broadly our reaction to hearing about like the wannabe tech 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 priest of Mars over here. Does is this sponsored by Google? I don't think he needs any more money. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know. I think Alex is desperately trying to get a sponsorship. I don't know what's going on. Light jazz. Does it have to put on light jazz? Is it only light jazz when you come through the door? What about some Megadeth? What about some One Direction? I know you like One Direction. You look like one of them. <laughs> no, no, no! It's like Jazz or Zane, because he's gone solo now. One of the <laughs> so, two, so, nothing so else. One Direction on his own. <laughs> <laughs> there is only one. Yeah, but I will say, winners never accuse us of shilling for sponsorship. You know, I would yeah. never do that whilst I'm drinking this delicious cup of Nescafe coffee. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> 
moving on, I guess let's do two Primarchs in one because we know as much about one as the other. Um, and that is uh, number two and number 11, the two missing Primarchs. I don't know if we can get anything for them. Maybe this is a time before Russ has killed them. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, the only thing I think I know is... Yeah, a Hoover to scare away the, the, the space wolves. That, that's what you do. <laughs> as far as I'm aware, the only thing I know that's confirmed about... Uh, I think it's the second Primarch. There's a bit in, I think... Um, is it Jagatai or Jagati? I've always said Jagati. Bugatti. Bugatti, yeah. <laughs> Bugatti Khan. Yeah. Uh, been the Bugatti very he is, wrong. He is, he is very fast. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a bit where in the, uh, in the Khan novel... Uh, where he talks about the second Primarch. He's like, oh, he's a bit quiet, isn't he? That's the only thing that's confirmed. Well, Russ brags about about killing a third Primarch when he, after Bross broke. So that's that's where people would assume that he, that he actually was the one who took out the second and the 11th. And also there's a really, really, really cool story. I, I, I'm a massive Malkador fan. And there's an amazing short story where Horus, Alpharius, and uh, Jagati, 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 Khan. They they go to Malkador after Malkador tells the servants of the Imperial Palace to start removing the faces of the second and eleventh Primarch from statues and from paintings and whatever. And Horus absolutely outraged by this because, as we all know, Horus actually did love all his brothers before falling. And he's like, he almost, him and Malkador come to blow, uh, almost come to blows. But we see the sheer magnitude of the power of Malkador, um, which is obviously outshone by the Emperor uh, regularly. But it's, it's so incredible to see that because he, he, he deals with the Primarch so easily. And Jagatai actually brings this up in the Siege of Terror. And he points out that actually Horus has never forgotten this. And so Horus hates uh, a lot of people, but he has a deep hatred for Malkador. So I do wonder whether that's going to come up again uh, in the heresy because it's such an awesome scene. Well, Secret yeah. Santa then, if they're, if they're missing, you just get them a nice, you know, like one of those sort of memorial park benches. You know, Primarchs 2 and 11 love to sit here or they hated this park and everyone in it. I don't know, whatever you fancy. <laughs> See, I feel like what would have happened is that... Um, like that, that like Lorgar would have been, uh, would have somebody like either second or the eleventh would have, you know, drawn the lot for Lorgar, but Erebus would tell Lorgar that it was actually Gilliman that got him, and then didn't get him anything, just to really kind of rev up that rivalry. So like everyone else <laughs> would be opening a present, and Lorgar wouldn't get anything, and Lorgar would be like, oh, that's. That's that's rubbish. And then Erebus and Corferon will just be like, it was Gilliman who got you, my lord. You should learn his worlds. <laughs> so are we saying that the second and eleventh Primarch were here to give Secret Santa gifts and receive them? Are they there on this very first special day? Yeah. I, 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 I am saying that. So that is therefore canon. So <laughs> that's why the Sanguinalis has been redacted then from the Imperial records, because they were there. That's mm. it. That's exactly why it all comes together. It all comes together. Number three, as we all know, is the uh, Quipster of the Primarchs, the beautiful Fulgrim. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, yeah, what do we? What do we? Th- what do you get, Quipster, for Secret Santa, guys? He gets he gets a sandbox and a bucket and spades, so he can build sand castles, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> that seems more like a dawn present. Get him, get him a nice like a smart mirror that talks oh, back. Those are cool. See, there you go. Problem solved. Done. No, I okay. think what you do is you get you get Fulgrim. Um, like, there's that whole thing about his inability to understand what art is. So you just get him like a nice photo. 
<laughs> just just get him like a Simon Sharma on art DVD series with him like sat there just watching him sort of walk around museums being like the movement here in this painting like that just just him <laughs> learning slowly about about art <laughs> I will say actually like loyalist Fulgrim is easily my favorite Primark ever why I, he's such a <laughs> lad but his his Primark novel was so good. It's like one of my favorite books, just like ever. When I was gonna say, when it's as, as Quips have told you about his theory that uh, Fulgrim should actually have a, fr- a strong French accent. Yeah, I, I just so. I, I dread <laughs> to think what that would be like in the audiobooks. Like, I mean, I love G Dubs. If you're listening, you're probably not. I do like your audiobooks, but my god, I don't need like yeah, to listen to Fulgrim and have some cod French accent. Yeah, <laughs> they, they they do have a history as well of choosing interesting uh, <laughs> accents for some of their Hello. characters. I am the Primark of the like, Third Legion. There's a, there's a reason people didn't like Abaddon for quite a long time, because he's just fucking annoying. <laughs> we, 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 we've been laughing quite a lot the last couple of days about the way that Mephiston has been uh, voiced in the uh, <laughs> audiobooks, because he just seems to come out of nowhere with this weird <laughs> sneer all the time. It's, it makes me laugh every time I hear him, where it just goes, Nah! I am the Christian, the Lord of Death, and Chief Librarian of the Blood Angels. And he always rolls his R's, but not all of them. So Librarian comes out as Librarian. (laughs) What? What is this voice you're doing? He is like a sort of discount Skeletor, really, isn't he? He's just like, yeah. (laughs) I will consult with my brothers. What are you doing? And then you've got all the other space marines around that are just like imperious and all that kind of stuff. It, it, they always do it in the audiobooks. There is always one that just has a. They have to ha- do it for like um, just so you understand what the difference in the in in the characters is. But I always imagine all space marines to pretty much sound almost the same. Um, but I get, I get it from that perspective. But why do they always insist on doing a weird sneer for someone? Well, as as we as we've gone wildly off topic and we're doing the audiobook weirdness, um, mm-hmm. the one I always I always uh, rib Ed Sandman about um, is yeah, the Dark bad. Angels <laughs> Descent of Angels book, which which is so really bad because I listened to that. I was listening through the Horus Heresy. I listened to Descent of Angels. It put me right off the Dark Angels, even yeah. though they're objectively a really cool uh, Legion slash chapter. Because if you've listened to the audiobook of that, they spend the whole time just going hello Zahariel shall we go and kill the beasts of Caliban why yes Ezekiel I think we shall <laughs> they just have all these all these like ludicrous uh, just, yeah. like, and, and nothing happens <laughs> so it, 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 is, it is bad I will, I will give you that and I think that's actually why Josh why they do this now to have them all different because in that book it is so hard to tell who's talking <laughs> because the lion and Ezekiel and like and Zahariel sound exactly the same because they all sound exactly as Adam says it is it is tough that one. <laughs> See, this is like the thing that really gets me because like when we talk about there's always one character in the audiobooks that gets like the sneer. It's always Fulgrim. And I'm just like, why are you gonna do him like that, guys? Yeah, but it, like, it works for Fulgrim. It works for Fulgrim. He's kind of a sneery guy, you know? No, that's that's what he's he does like. think that he's better than everyone else. Yeah? Because he is. <laughs> he's a Primarch. <laughs> if you had a friend who was obsessed with becoming perfect all the time, that would rib you. A little bit, wouldn't it? You, you, you know, you it just get it grinds you down. <laughs> Unless you're that guy in the group, then it's fine. All right, and now you'll understand why we make fun. Ah. <laughs> yeah, and also to answer your question, winners, we really don't know why he thinks Fulgrim is the best Primarch, given as he has a Custodes army and an Imperial Fists army. 
They are purple no, no, no. like custodies, to be fair. Given that Fulgrim as well is one of the only Primarchs, one of two only Primarchs to willingly fall to chaos. Mm. I did, well, Was it that willing? Was <laughs> it? Yes. Lorgar yes. and Fulgrim chose. The other ones were coerced, forced, manipulated in some way. Fulgrim just went, okay, oh. let's do this. No, come on. At the bit where, uh, spoilers, at the bit where like he's in front of Ferris Manus and he's like about to do the deed. Like he gets that moment of clarity. Wait, something happens to Ferris Manus? <laughs> but he gets that moment of clarity where he's like, oh no, I've been manipulated. I don't want to like feel all this. And he like, yeah, but then, but then he's like, yeah, but then he's like, hey, I could get four arms to brush my hair more effectively. Yeah. I'm down for that. I, it's not my fault that that bit's really badly written. I am sorry, Iron Hands fans. But like the fact that Ferris Manners turns up with a wrench is <laughs> like, it's the greatest thing. <laughs> like, it's like, how did you expect to win that? When we get to, when we get to Ferris Manners, someone just give him a weapon. Like, a, 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 anything. A dagger. Jesus Christ. Um, all of them were like, oh, no, I've been manipulated except for Logar. Logar was like, yay, let's okay. do this. So they all. Yeah pretend to say that even the one but fulgrim fulgrim chose mm. yeah. i don't think so i think he was like horribly manipulated or, don't listen to the <laughs> because clearly they're crap i've got a revolutionary new idea for you it's called words on a page you should read them yeah, but, but your Google, bias is Google well. is Google Home can't read out the words on the page. Ah, it can do the audio book. That's the problem. In between the light chats. Actually, I think you'll find that Google Home can read out web pages, so oh, it could God. read the words on the page. Actually. <laughs> Interestingly, whilst we're talking about words on pages, I would like to just bring up the second rumor engine from GW in the advent calendar, because it is, in fact, uh, someone holding a book. And uh, again, the lion is actually very famous oh, Jesus Christ. for <laughs> learning how to read, and that's actually that's actually how he uh, reads all the previous stories he's been in, and why he refuses to learn from any of the lessons he has supposedly learned in any of them. Uh, so, <laughs> okay, talking about bad writing, like I'm beginning okay. to suspect <laughs> that you quite like dark angels. <laughs> oh, he thinks they're crap. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, he just he just loves the lion. That's it. <laughs> oh, right. Like um, Luther, the he'll only let down. down. You know, he has no empathy. He doesn't understand humans. Yeah, he's he's he. The Dark Angels are a redemption story. A redemption story. A redemption story. And that is that is that is what I like the most about. Um, what the fact that they've just not been redeemed at all for ten thousand years. Well, but that's the thing. The story of 40k can never be finished. So it is, it is, that's, that's why 40k is so amazing. Because like, I will never see this. I will never see the Dark Angels be fully redeemed for their actions. But I will, I will go to my grave believing they will do. And that is, <laughs> that is 40k, isn't it? You just, I, look, I, look forward to the, uh, yeah. I look forward to the conversation you're going to have with your grandson, where you're like, yeah, <laughs> keep, keep listening to the audiobooks, boy. You'll learn the lion will redeem his... I'll still be going on at him about how like like the line is coming back next year. Next year. <laughs> Twenty ninety two. That is that is our year, guys. <laughs> still just killing him. Cool. Okay, m- m- moving on. We have Perturabo. I think I have the best answer for Perturabo, because I'm gonna do Perturabo and Dawn a bit together here. I think you get yeah. Dawn. Uh you get Dawn at Lego because he loves to build, and then you get Perturabo Mega Blocks, which uh are just a slightly worse version of Lego. <laughs> <laughs> There's not even a debate there. 
That would just yeah, be really I, funny. I, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. But the thing is, like in uh, I think it's Angel Exterminatus, it goes on about how essentially the um, Iron Warriors just play Warhammer with each other as like yeah, a form of tactical have... war game simulation. They have that big room on the uh, on the uh, is it the Iron Blood their their ship? They have that like huge room where they just have giant gaming tables and just play play Warhammer all day. And Perturabo yes. has invented perpetual motion, and he has a perpetual engine, and it's in a miniature Warhound Titan, which is exactly the same size and scale as a Warhound Titan you could buy from Forge World. Oh yes, yeah. and he smashes it. He smashes. He destroys the secret to perpetual motion. GW does love to do that, though, in the books. Like, there's, there's one, I can't remember what book it is. There's a fantastic bit that in one of the books where they describe space marines being flown around and the comparison is it's like they're, they're flown around like models being thrown off a table. It's something like that. It's just so on the nose. It's absolutely brilliant. Okay, uh, moving on. We have one that we now are not sure how to pronounce. I was really sure it was Jagatai before this this, this this podcast started. <laughs> Let's just call him Speedy J. Or just call him the Khan. Everybody else calls him. Bugatti Khan, got it. What do we get the Khan? A bike. A bike? No, we get a, bike. a red laser pointer. <laughs> <laughs> Surely that's a rust present. <laughs> Superb. Yeah, okay. A, a, red, a red laser pointer. Or like a little, you know... Um, Little dice you get to hang from like your window. Oh, yeah. If you like going really, really or, fast. If you like going far, just get him some cocaine. Just like a shitload of it. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I don't I don't <laughs> know how much cocaine would actually benefit a Primark. <laughs> so much. I feel I feel so like dr- drug use on Primarks is apart from full grip, probably is quite a limited deal. <laughs> What's well, is there that bit <laughs> in um Scarface where he's just got like a massive pile of it on the table and he just like puts his face in it? Imagine that. Imagine that, but he just Jagatai puts his face in it and just sniffs all of it at once. I mean, I feel like Jagatai would be better off with the dice, to be honest. <laughs> this Christmas story was originally originally intended for children. Uh, I feel- <laughs> <laughs> yes. I've just ruined it. We have strayed from from that. Uh, okay, so <laughs> super. So now that we've retconned, yeah. kids, uh, if you're listening, the- don't buy drugs. Get your friends yeah. to give them to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or uh, become the Primark of the Fifth Legion, and then apparently you just get loads. Uh, <laughs> just get them. <laughs> or alternatively, becoming the Third Legion, where they just do this stuff all the time. Fantastic. And um, so, yeah, moving on. Uh, we've Their got, drug is light, Jazz. Are you kidding? We've got <laughs> Lehman of the Russ at number six, the Space Wolf. So what do we get? What do we oh, get? The, em- toy. the Emperor's Hound. Yeah, chew toy. Squeaky toy. Okay, <laughs> okay. no, <laughs> nice and straightforward. Sorry, Space Wolf fans. Uh, number number seven. Uh, we've got uh, Rogue with Dawn uh, with his Lego. And number number eight. What do we get? The vampire that is Conrad Kurz. Oh, I feel like you get him a pet mouse, but you don't expect it to live. <laughs> <laughs> a box set of Christopher Nolan's Batman series. <laughs> Yeah, a dream diary so he can write them down or something like that. His his, his premonitions, or a dream catcher so he can have a good night's sleep. <laughs> I often wonder what his... Conrad Kurz would achieve if he had a good night's sleep. <laughs> <laughs> um, fake fake tan. Just get him a hug. He needs it. Uh, yeah, to be fair, I'm not sure you'd want to hug him. Like, no, I didn't say I would do it. Like someone else, obviously. I do love no, that. Like, idea. Who, who is capable, other than the emperor? I guess the emperor could do it, but like, who is capable of giving 
that Conrad Kerr's the hug that he needs. Vulcan, Vulcan <laughs> didn't Dawn try that? He got fucked. It's funny you say that, actually, Josh. It's it's said that if the Emperor had met Conrad Kerr's one more time, he would have cured his insanity. Maybe that's why. Mm. He was just going to meet him and give him a hug. <laughs> just like, it's okay. There, yeah. there. Yeah. Where is that said? It's in his Primark novel. Yeah. How is it? Yeah, it's honestly... Um, his Primark novel is top three of the ones that have come out easily. Yeah. Although, actually, now that you've said that, Josh, I want to talk about something, just a massive tangent, but I thought it was really interesting. And I sent it to you guys because I was fascinated by this because I have heard it um, loads of times. This was, uh, and so, this was, uh, it was actually a long Reddit thread. I, I was so fascinated by it. But basically, there was a fact in 40K, which was that Constantine Valdor, the, uh, the leader of, of the Emperor's uh, Custodes, um, had beaten... Horus Lupercal in an inspiring match. And this was a fact. And when I say it was a fact, that's because I had heard it loads of times. It was mentioned a lot by like uh, YouTubers and other podcasters and things like that. And it was supposedly why Horus Lupercal respected Constantine Valdor so much. And I'm pretty certain even Quipsy had mentioned it to me at some, at some point. And <laughs> it was like, and, and it was an accepted fact in 40K. And then somebody was like reading, they read this on the wiki and they're like, wow, that's fascinating. That's really, really cool. Where, where does that happen? And they looked into <laughs> it and it doesn't come up in any book. And they were like, huh. It's really weird. Why would that come up? And it actually turned out that this came about because uh, what actually happened was Horus Lupercal, sorry, Lehman Russ, beat Horus in an aspiring match. And that was what, and then Constantine Valdor then liked Lehman Russ because of that. But there was a typo in the Lexicanum page and it, and it actually said that Constantine Valdor beat Horus and therefore that became canon for like years. And every loads of people believe this. It's like, this is like a pretty established fact, 40K at this point. And it never happened. It's, it's never been written. And I was like, isn't that fascinating that that can happen? I wonder how many, I wonder how many things that could happen for. Maybe the lion, you know, maybe the Dark Angels are loyal. We don't actually know. Could just be. Could, could just Spoiler be alert, they're answer. not. Yeah. I'll, I'll <laughs> Alpharius actually doesn't exist. They just he just doesn't. It's made up entirely. <laughs> Omegon does though. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so right, can I count to twenty? Yes, probably. Number nine, I think, is what we're up to now. Ah, Sanguinius. Sanguinius. Do we know any Blood Angels fans? <laughs> well, I think he's a hard one. Uh, unless, unless the Emperor is giving the gifts, in which case the Emperor gives Sanguinius a much better gift than everybody else. <laughs> yeah, but like, what would that be? Like, it's like he there is. I can't remember where it is that it happens, but like basically, you know, all the description of them is that they've basically like even in like um the devastation of Baal, they've just got like massive bowls full of rubies and stuff. There's nothing shiny that you can get a blood angel that they don't already have a million of. So I think for like Sanguinius, you have to get him something like. What do you give the man that has everything? Do you know what I mean? Like, the thing is that you'd have to get him something sentimental because he'd be like, oh, guys, thanks so much. And he'd be like super heartfelt about it. What, like the first dollar that they made at their Legion shop? No, no, it'd, it'd have to be something like a nice framed picture of all of the Primarchs together. Like something <laughs> yeah. super so, sentimental like something that. Something so be, wholesome like that. And everyone would be yeah, like, exactly. oh, <laughs> and He'd just be like, oh, oh, guys, that's so nice of you. And he'd be like super authentic about it. And then Kurz would be in the background just like sneering at him. Winters, <laughs> what about you? What do you get? What do you get? The, uh, the, the great angel. So I don't know, Sanguinius. He's, yeah, he's a difficult one to buy for, isn't he? He's, uh, <laughs> 
this is what happens when people don't play Warhammer. It becomes very difficult to buy them presents. Can all the Primarchs please start using the wishlist page on the Games Workshop website? Because this would make this game a lot easier. Um, dude, <laughs> dude, he is as hard to buy presents for as my mum is. And I think I told you guys the story about the roses with my mum. It's all right. I know exactly what I'm getting your mum, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I'm going to say the story because it's kind of funny. Like, my mum is notoriously difficult to buy things for because you can't buy her anything sentimental because she'll just be like, oh, how much did you pay for this? And you'll say, and she'll be like, is that all I'm worth to you? And then... Yeah, brutal, right? <laughs> that, and that was us, that was us covering Quipster's mum, the second Primarch. <laughs> She's the lost Primarch of the <laughs> Second Legion. That would be so funny. Who's number ten? So you bought her a tin of roses or something? Oh uh, no! So basically, my mum's birthday is January first, uh, and so so two tins my... of roses. One for oh, Christmas, no, one for birthday. Oh, so much worse than that. So basically, we were watching the fireworks one year, and my dad came down the stairs with this massive bouquet of pink roses. And, you know, as the fireworks are going on TV, hands them to my mum, goes, happy birthday, darling, and happy new year. My mum turns to him and then goes, they're pink. You get your girlfriend pink roses, and you get your wife red roses. Take them back and get me red ones. Wow. And so, Yeah. Wow. My mum is hard to buy presents you know, for, knows, knows, what, knows what she wants. Yeah, she does. That's a high-maintenance lady, that right there. <laughs> when you li- when you linked it to Sanguinius and you were like, yeah, I'll tell you why my mum's hard to buy, I thought you were going to say, like, yeah, because she too is a, like an eight-foot-tall super being <laughs> created in a lab by the emperor. One minute. Did any of you know that there is a rule for buying colours of roses for women? Because I'm 47 and I've just been schooled, yo. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I didn't yeah. know that either. <laughs> What? So did my dad, apparently. <laughs> when is I've heard your wife is on the edge because, like, she's just had to go through this for years and years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who cares? It's roses, right? Here's some roses. Have some roses. They're lovely. I've got you roses. They're the wrong color. What the f? I guess. Oh, my mum like... cares. My mum cares very deeply. <laughs> so when can but you buy like black roses? You can't. Jesus. She'd throw them at you. If, you, if your okay. girlfriend's a goth? <laughs> yeah. Oh, if your girlfriend's comrade, super well. If your girlfriend's comrade curse, you buy her some black roses and it's fine. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Forget the hug, just get him the black roses. Done. Yeah, and what's go. with the roses anyway? Like, you give roses to someone and then they die. I mean, I don't understand <laughs> that either. What, you the know, person? <laughs> women something that they really can use, like some hair straighteners or some pans or something, I think. <laughs> Actually, hair straighteners yeah, is a yeah. great shout. Get that for Kurz. Get that for Sanguinius. I mean, I offered to buy my wife a new set of pots and pans for Christmas because the old <laughs> ones are looking a bit janky, but she said no for some reason. Although, actually, to be fair, in your defense, Winters, like your wife is an exceptional cook. So I that's know. actually quite a very thoughtful present. That's like, why that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, Winter, Quipster was obviously like absolutely delighted. Uh, when he first got to play you winners on the channel. But the main thing he did mention was how good a, good a cook your wife was. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what Liam says as well. He only comes here for the cooking. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Brilliant. Well, number 10 um, is, is, a, is a sad halfway point. I know Adam has a devastating answer to this question oh, no. because it is, it is Ferris Manus, the Iron Hands at number 10. Adam, what, what is your what is your answer? Oh yeah, I said I said just buy him like a hat. Ironically, 
<laughs> too soon, Matt. Too soon. <laughs> too soon. It hasn't he's even not, happened. He's not, yeah, he's not. He's not dead at this point, right? We could give him a nice, a nice little hat he can wear. Maybe a nice tool set. I don't know. Yeah, weapon. I weapon. And seriously, though, I reckon a weapon. Rather, so he doesn't have to bring like yeah. a spanner to a gunfight. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I never got that. Yeah. Oh, or Meccano. But surely he'd prefer like the the raw materials to build his own Meccano set. <laughs> just, <laughs> just buy him a lump of steel. Yeah. Just hand over this. You hand over this incredibly heavy box, and he's like, "Oh, what's in here?" Opens it up, and it's just yeah, it's just like steel rebar. And you're like, "Hey, happy Christmas." <laughs> Do with that what you will, my friend. <laughs> Alternatively, he is the one that you get coal for, so he can like compress it with his hands into diamonds. Oh, cool! That's a great answer. I like that. <laughs> All right, brilliant. I think we nailed that. Uh, on to number eleven, who, who does not exist? Um, yeah, so <laughs> on, to no- on to number twelve. Uh, let's go. So, who is number twelve? Oh, we have the Primark of the World Eaters, the very, very angry Angron. Stress so, ball. What, what, stress ball. <laughs> yeah, a planet-sized stress ball. Yeah, more more captains for him to kill. <laughs> yes. Oh my Some, god. Yeah. Just get him some ibuprofen and call it a day. Yeah, <laughs> get him one of those. You know, like those. I don't know if you guys seen this. You know, they have those. Um, like you know, those those uh, cows that get really well looked after in Japan that that make like the wagyu beef, and they have that kind of big. They have this big round kind of thing that's like a big spinning thing that the cows kind of walk up against that gives them a massage because they believe it like creates meat better. Well, Angron in his like demon form is basically like kind of a big bull, right? Because he's this kind of big bull headed thing. Get him one of them; it will chill him out. Just calm him so- down. So your idea to get the demon Primark Angron is a massaging yeah. machine. A cow a cow massager. Yeah, be fine. <laughs> what could go wrong? Nothing. I see nothing wrong with that. I see no <laughs> no issues with this plan. <laughs> Just like urge to kill rising. And, and you know what and you know what's amazing about Angron, to be fair about this, is that he is he is very angry, but he's very grateful, Primark. He's, he always says thank you like that. He's got good manners. Um, <laughs> oh, yes, famously it, polite. Yeah, ex- <laughs> exactly. So uh, on to uh, on to number thirteen. It is our Lord and Savior. It is Rabute Gilliman, a Microsoft three six five power user. <laughs> yeah, I, I so like he can that. do he can do his Excel. He can organize things. It'd be great. Yeah, you get like a nice... really disorganized Excel sheet, and it just, he just sorts out. He'd <laughs> be like, loves it. <laughs> We've given you command of a departmento, and it's, it's, <laughs> it's absolutely it's chaos in there, and it just needs sorting out, mate. You can write yeah. a book about how to do it. You can you can come up with all the processes from A to B. That that is that is your gift, mate. You 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 go right ahead. Here is the deed. That's that's. I what mean, you arguably, that's exactly what's just happened with the Imperium. They've just given him this disorganized mess and be like, "There you go." Yeah, yeah. He, he got the greatest yeah. gift of all. Everything. Yeah, they, were like, they, were, they were like, there's a stapler. There's some pie charts. You go wild, mate. You go wild. <laughs> okay, well, I think we've nailed that. Uh, on to his very, very smelly brother, Mortarian. What do we get Mortarian? I, I re- based on based on what I've seen in the in the gift section of my local Tesco, I reckon we get him one of them Lynx Africa box sets with the shower gel. <laughs> yes, oh, so he could smell like the average British teenager. Yeah, he can. He can smell like he can smell like like me in about two thousand and one. Oh good lord! Fantastic. I feel like the only person as a teenager that like, never used Lynx Africa. It was always about what was the one I used. I used Lynx Phoenix. So that was cool. And yet another link to Fulgrim. The prophecy exactly. has been foretold. There we go. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, so number fifteen. 
the man who is going to destroy uh, or attempt to destroy the setting in which the Primarchs are now based, uh, Magnus the Red. What do we get? The Cyclops. A monocle. Yeah, monocle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what an ironic pair of sunglasses. <laughs> I've got it. I've got it. You just get him a phone. Because if he could have just called the, the Emperor, <laughs> we, he would have saved himself an absolute crap ton of effort. That's what you get him. You just get him. Uh, I think. Yeah, and again, we don't do spon- uh, we don't shield for sponsorship on this program, but we do get him one of the very, very low priced tariffs with Talk Talk Mobile, and <laughs> <laughs> which comes with a thousand free minutes. So uh, yeah, you can get him. That. Well, surely, surely, what you do if you're thinking ahead as well, and it's a really cheap gift. I mean, get him the fame by all means, but get him like a couple of corks, right? Because he's got those big kind of nipple horns, and I feel like if he's walking around <laughs> on the planet of the sorcerers, he's probably poking like other, you know, like Araman is about that height, knocking around on his disc. He's probably poking him in the eye. Just put a couple of corks on the end. He's not going to hurt anyone. I never thought about that. He'd definitely have someone's eye out with those things, wouldn't he? Yeah. <laughs> that is a head height. It's very, it's very impractical. <laughs> Maybe that's what, get him like a file so he can file them down a little bit. File his nipple horns down. I believe on day one induction, they tell you that uh, not to stand within uh, COVID <laughs> regulations, but they tell you not to stand within six feet of him in case Magnus turns quickly from revelation. Yeah. <laughs> you what? Just, just imagine the meeting of the demon Primarchs. It's out, 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 Magnus, stop. Uh, induction 101, here's the fire evacuation procedure. This is Stacy from accounts and stay six feet from Magnus. <laughs> I love it. I tell, wow. I tell you what, though, those, those things, they do have one practical use, right? Which is they're kind of upturned. So when he's coming back from like a big shop, he can carry stuff in his hands <laughs> and hang stuff on them as well. And just down. Yeah. I'm <laughs> only making one trip. <laughs> <laughs> I also sometimes think it's like, imagine like he's like, I don't know, like doing like the cooking or something. And he just like needs to hold, he's, he's going got two arms. So he's just like, oh, just hang on, I'll just, Put that one on there, and I keep going <laughs> until I'm done. And then, uh, yeah, and then just put that one on there. Right, cool. Now I can do four things at once. Then I can like imagine making a sandwich. Right, <laughs> Winters has been married to Magnus the entire time. Nice. I feel I, I, I feel sorry for sorry for Araman when he like walks into the Tower of the Sorcerers into the like canteen, and he just turned like Magnus just turns around and he's got a pair of potatoes stuck on the end of his. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, my lord, what are you doing? He's like, don't look at me. I'm cooking. <laughs> I love that idea, though, that like in the Eye of Terror, they have really mundane things. Like, yeah, musty, right? there's, a there's a canteen. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. All right, well, moving on, we have the arch traitor himself, Horus Lupercal. So I'm going to hand over to Josh here, because one of the hardest things I've ever laughed at talking about Warhammer was hearing Josh's <laughs> description of what is, quite frankly, the incredibly petty reason that Horus uh, fell to chaos. So I, I think we have to get... Uh, Horus' statue. And, and Josh, do you want to explain why? For, well, for as far as I can make out in the book, the reason that he decides to burn the entire um, uh, of the <laughs> Imperium to the ground is because he has shown a vision of the future where there isn't a statue of him. <laughs> there are statues of his loyalist brothers, which he doesn't know are loyalist brothers, but there isn't a statue of him. And he's like, do you mean I go to all this trouble and they don't even erect a statue? Like, even... Bloody Ferris has got one, one. <laughs> in this one village. Yeah. So yeah. he goes, Do you know what? I'm going to burn the whole thing to the ground and kill my dad. 
It is the ma- yeah. biggest overreaction to not having a statue <laughs> that anyone has ever had. It would be oh. like Nelson being resurrected and just like heading, you know, coming into Portsmouth and being like, now, oh, now, hold on. There's no Nelson statues <laughs> here in Portsmouth. I'm going to burn England to the ground. <laughs> and then arriving at, uh, at at London and just being like, oh, there it is. Well, well, egg and my face are in alignment now, aren't they? Well, it's too close. It's it's done too much now. Where's the prime minister? It it, 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 it is so stupid. And then, like, doesn't he? I can't even remember. I I think I've blocked most of it out. Like, doesn't isn't isn't like uh, isn't it? Is it Sedere? His his favorite. Is is Janus? Oh, um, not not Janus. Um, I think it's wow. Janus. Sejanus. Oh, Sejanus. Sejanus. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and and obviously, doesn't he figure out that the the, the, the Sejanus yeah. is is like Erebus or something? He yeah, figures yeah. out that it's not Sejanus, and he's and he's so, just like, and then his brother turns up and goes, "Oh, all, by the yeah. way, it's it is me." And he goes, "Yeah, no, I recognise that it is you." But I don't know if you know this, Magnus, but there aren't any statues of us in this town <laughs> in, in in the future. After we've done all of this, so I'm I'm seriously considering murdering Dad. What do you think? <laughs> He's like, don't do that. <laughs> it aggravates me so much, and I know they try and dress it up a little bit more as it goes on, but that book is still basically saying, yeah. "Look, there is no statues of you in the future." You're right. I think that's genius for comedic effect, and so wrong. But because <laughs> comedic genius is so genius. I, I will not refute you. Oh, we want to let that one stand. For, that's that's good. I like it. Can you refute me afterwards? I'd love to know. Yes. I, where's your? I come around and punch you. Where's your dress? <laughs> I'm only How up in. I'm only up in Cheltenham. I'm not far away from you. There wasn't a statue. How dare you? The poor man. He was. He was doing so much stress. There was a whole thing, the Interrex, you know, a planet called Murder, a moon of Davin, a thing with a stab with a blade. There was a lot of stuff going on there. He had issues, okay? Yeah. Going but... through a lot at the time. <laughs> okay, so... He had a lot on his plate, okay? So what we're saying then is that he was um, uh, basically under a lot of workplace stress. And then he was shown a vision <laughs> where there wasn't a statue of him. So he decided to kill his dad. Did he not think there would be stress in the, in the role as Warmaster? That's 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 my question for him. Like he, he does seem very very stressed out by it. But like like he met all of his brothers and then he's like then he becomes their boss and he's like, you know, I think they're dicks. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we've lost Adam. Yeah, what happened there? Why uh, Adam? Yeah, I mean he, he actually uh, ard- ardently disagrees with Josh on on this point. So he. He, Does uh, he? He's, he's, he's so annoyed that he has, in yeah. fact, left. Yeah. <laughs> I thought the breakdown was genius. It's really good. I like it. He's shared a statue. There's a whole comedy sketch there in um, a comedy club somewhere exclusively made up of 40K patrons who know the law inside and out. There's a five-minute skint that you could do there, which would have people rolling around on the floor. Because it's really good, but it's comedy. It's comedy. It's not real. <laughs> It's like how everybody, like how everybody says, like you know, the, the lions are traitor, and like it's just a joke. It doesn't, it doesn't kill me on the inside. Yeah, the it's, it's really yeah. funny. I, I really like it. It's uh, funny. Yeah. I promise. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't even. I don't even cry anymore. It's fine. Yeah. Oh, Adam is back. 
Now it's recording again. Yeah. Now it's recording for all of us. Yeah. It's okay. almost like I was playing with the technical issues here. That's how bad the production value of this <laughs> is. Are we recording now? Is that what we're Yeah, recording? we are. We are right. we are recording now so we can kick off again. And so what we've discovered is that Adam needs better internet. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone would anyone would like to sponsor the podcast and get me better internet, I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm sure you dropped out of Warzone once or twice while we were playing as well. Yeah. 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 Never leave a man behind, man. Never leave a man behind. <laughs> Unless so you're Adam. Pressure is Vidansk, on and suddenly you is a, fuck is a cruel place. You gotta you gotta sometimes you just gotta make decisions, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fuck so, all cool. you guys, I'm out. <laughs> Where were we? We were about to get to our everyone's favourite religious zealot. Um, and that is Logar Aurelian. What, what do we get Logar Aurelian, guys, for Secret Santa? I think there's a few options here. A rope so he can hang himself. Fuck, that was dark. Wow. <laughs> that, that was dark. Okay. That saved us all the trouble. Um, in fact, okay. Um, tra la 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 la. <laughs> Happy Christmas, everyone. I was going to get him one of them, uh, you know, them like Dorling Kindersley, like the, the DK books you have when you're a kid, like Guide to World Religions. Just get him one of them. He can go crazy. He can pick a better one than or the Chaos Gods. A book on like how to keep your employees in line or something like that, because he does, yeah, they, they, they don't listen to him so much. Ever. No, I mean, the thing about Lorgar is I quite like him as a character. Of course but- you do. What? No, he's, he's very he's very interesting. You collect nothing but loyalist armies, and yet all your favourite characters are yeah. all the chaos ones. Full Grim, Logar. Hey, no, no, I like a... loyalist. <laughs> I like loyalist Full Grim, and like Logar, I think is a very tragic figure because, like, what? Because he goes he goes a bit crazy because Daddy knocked his church planet down. Kind of, yeah, and like. <laughs> Yeah, like the whole relationship between him and Gilliman as well is like super tragic because in his mind he's got this whole thing that like, oh, Gilliman hates me and he's out to get my legion where he just doesn't. Yeah. And like there's the bit in, uh, I think it's the Gilliman Primark novel where he goes, oh, my brilliant brother Lorgar, like we've got to do something about you. He, he like has respect, for, like great respect for him, but Lorgar just does not know this yeah. and it's just such a tragedy. There is a good relationship, but it's good because Gilliman is awesome. <laughs> it's <laughs> nothing to do with Lorgar. Lorgar's just an ass. It's yeah. all he yeah. is. He's just an ass. He spends the entire time disobeying his dad's orders. And then yeah. when his dad finally tells him off for it, he goes, well, screw you. I'm going to keep doing it, but different. I yeah. my own gods with blackjack and hookers. All the Primarchs have their flaws, but Lorgar is the only one who's truly evil. He makes decisions that are bad, and he knows they're bad, and does it anyway. He is an ass. Yeah, I he think is. he's just misunderstood, personally. Because no. you're secretly a chaos lover. I'm not secretly. I'm coming out of custodies. We can see you come out of Narnia, come out of the closet. You're a chaos lover. We see you there. You keep talking about how much you love them. Lorgar's an ass. Is the reason that you build everything in sub-assemblies, is it because you paint little eight-pointed stars underneath all of the cakes <laughs> yeah. and stuff? I love it. <laughs> so to, like, no. to you, you can be like, I've got chaos custodies. Oh, my God, no. Couldn't ever do that. I would buy Lorgar any decent philosophy book, like the Dummy's Guide to Philosophy. Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Any decent, ph- any basic philosophy book will blow apart his reasons for religion in there. They're really 
GCSE O-level <laughs> basic philosophy oh. of religion stuff. He's supposed to be a Primark. The thing that really, really, really annoys me about Lorgar more than the chaos things and more than the stuff is his thinking when it comes to religion is A equals B equals C, the end. There's no nuance. There's no depth to it. It is really, really, really bad. Go on, listen. What you should get is a TED Talk with Sam Harris on it. So you can have a good <laughs> listen. And that'll blow apart. We need to get to some depths here. We need to get about the conflict between faith and knowledge, not just religion and science, but faith and knowledge. There's layers that he just doesn't get to. I think that's ADB's fault, though. That's the first Horace Heresy book that ADB wrote was... Um, Betrayer, I think, wasn't it? But no, it wasn't. It was the uh, the Lorgar book, which everyone loves. Oh, First Heretic. Oh, yeah, yeah, you hate that one, don't you? It's the only Horus Heresy book that I have not finished. I've read the Horus Heresy all the way through twice. I've read the first section of books all the way through about seven times, and I've read Imperium Secundus sequence all the way through about seven times. I've not finished the first Heretic. I've managed to get to about halfway through, but it's so, so poorly written. The hero characters, not the hero characters, the Imperium characters are so cartoon villain-esque and so basic and so stupid. Malkador, the Emperor, the, and the Ultramarines make the worst decisions possible in order to... They, they're plot devices. That irritates the crap out of me. The philosophy of religion hates the crap out of me. And Lorgar is irredeemable um, because he's just a bad guy. <laughs> I can't finish that book. I've tried multiple times, and I know some people quote it as the best book ever in the Horus Heresy series, but I can't finish it. It's terrible. So basically, watch him, watch him peel open the God Delusion by Richard Dawkins and just lose his mind. Yes, exactly. Give him a proper countenance to his religious theory. And uh, yeah, but I, even then, if you gave something like that to Lorgar, I don't think he would even bother following it because he knows what he knows and that's it. And screw everyone else, including the Emperor, including Malkador, including his ho own legion. Uh, the Chaos Gods say, this is what we're going to do to your legion. This is what they tell him to his face. And he goes, okay. Yeah. You're gone. Do it. Yeah, that's, I, I completely agree with you, and it's nice to have it confirmed by someone who's <laughs> who's got skin in the game, as it were. Like the the problem with Lorgar is he is a Primarch, right? And all Primarchs are supposed to be super genius. Yeah, and and Lorgar acts like an idiot. It's an idiot. Yeah, there is a, there <laughs> yeah, is a lot of just, that. Yeah. Like I I get it. You can you can have an idea, and you can you know sometimes get overtaken by that idea. But if you are also a genius, if someone was to present the other side of the argument, you would consider it in equal measure and you would realize that there is a different outcome to that previous idea, particularly in the instance of religion. Whereas he sits there and says the emperor is divine being, he is a god, and the only and the only person that Lorgar respects, and the only person that Lorgar respects says, no, I'm not, stop it. This way leads to bad things happening. And he goes, no, I disagree with you, dad. <laughs> Um, I'm going to go and listen to my old dad, who I don't like, who I hate, and uh, I'm, I'm going to, and I, and I, because because it's that it's that stupid thing of um, no, but there has to be a god. No, there doesn't. Yeah. Like that, and that's what that is. What the person who you have held up as god is telling you. So listen to him. Can I just say, on terms of sponsorship, we were this close to getting one from Black Library, and you guys have just fucked it. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, though. We, we, for a while there, we, we potentially had the Mormon Church as well, but I think we screwed right. that one as well. 
I mean, it's it's funny how he is just like, yeah, as you say, the emperor's like, you know, don't don't religion bad, don't do religion, and he's just like, yeah, but planet daddy wrote book, Lectitia <laughs> Divinatus, uh, like it's just you know, it, it always gripes me, like you say, Josh, when. It's tough because you always expect the Primarchs to be playing 4D chess. The problem is, mm. if you constantly... Dis- and it just goes for any book like this. If you constantly describe a character as a genius mm. and then they do dumb shit, you just go, well, he's not, though, is he? <laughs> like, <laughs> and, yeah, like my, 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 my Primarch, and this is going to start an argument, so I won't get into it, but is Russ, who, who they constantly describe him as a genius, and he's just such dumb shit. And, he uh, does stupid shit yeah. all the time. And like, I do think... If we do the Secret Santa and Conrad Kerr's got him, I definitely think he would get him like a dummy's guide to being a Primarch. I can't remember the exact quote, but basically uh, Corvus basically nearly kills Lorgar and it probably one of your favourite bits of the heresy, I imagine, Winters. <laughs> and then uh, Conrad Kerr saves him and basically he's just like, yeah, you're... He says what all the fans are thinking, which is that you're just a bit shit, mate, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on from Lorgar because I hate him. Before Quipster gets time to speak, let's move on. Um, Before Quipster defends Lorgar <laughs> and says how he's a pure no. noble soul and and how he should be he should be everybody's favourite Primarch oh. because of the sad things that happened to him, which were completely avoidable because he's a dick. <laughs> he's just misunderstood. He's he's had some things that happened to him that were bad. Him and his bird wearers legion can go and get in the sea. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's move on then from the most despicable to the most wholesome of the Primarchs, which is Vulcan. Uh, what do we get, Vulcan? I, I think I have an answer for this, and that is a um, guide for how to actually write a treasure hunt, because he seems to <laughs> not understand how tre- 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 treasure hunts work, because importantly, you have to give them some clues. You can't just say, you guys are doing a treasure hunt and give them no information. <laughs> well, okay, you've got to explain that for people who aren't uh, aren't Salamander's fans. Like, what's this yeah. hunt of which you mentioned? Well, as Winter says, all of the loyalist Primarchs are lost, essentially, except, and Gilliman was one of those, uh, except Gilliman was on McCrag, and it was all the idea with, for, for decades was that he was slowly healing and all of the all of the primarchs had this we had Lehman Russ returning at the wolf time the lion would come to redeem the the angels sanguinius and ferris are just dead to be fair but like yeah there's always those kind of things and vulcan's thing um, was that he would return once the uh, salamanders found all of the uh, treasures of vulcan and they have found some but they didn't he didn't tell them what they were or where they were or give them any clues he's also quite shit at it apparently because loads of them were in the same place <laughs> which was a very interesting decision and then the rest of them are out there somewhere and we have no idea what they are <laughs> but 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 this is Vulcan and he's very wholesome. So you just know at the end of it when he comes back and they're like, my Lord, we only found, we did not find all of the treasure. He goes, the real treasure was the friendships you made along the way. <laughs> you're like, they're like, oh, that's so nice. He's back. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That is such a Vulcan thing to say. Oh, I don't know. Um, like a nice, a nice, I don't know, a nice hammer or something. He likes to do a bit of blacksmithing. I feel like whatever you get him, Whatever you get, he's grateful. He's, yeah. yeah, it'll be like it's the thought that counts, and I actually believe that. <laughs> so, <laughs> I now, I now have an image of you know that you know that like that like viral. I think it was a, I think it was a vine from a few years ago. That viral video of the kid with the avocado at Christmas. It'll be like that, but with uh, with with Vulcan just opening it up, just be like, oh, an avocado. Thanks. <laughs> 
thing is, though, Vulcan is the one you could just be like, and for Christmas, I got you a hug. And he'd be like, yeah, cool, hugs. And he'd crush you. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I think my favorite moment in the heresy is uh, in the last Salamander's novel when he finally oh, makes it back to Terra and he just gives Dawn a hug. <laughs> He's so happy to see him. Even Dawn even is happy. That, yeah. and, and Dawn is so happy to see him. They just have a little cuddle. And it's, yeah. and so, it's, know, it's so wholesome. You can just end the heresy there, I think. It ends <laughs> on a nice upward beat. <laughs> it's even better than that, though, because like just before that, uh, so, um, Vulcan says to Dawn, like, I know uh, physical affection isn't your way, so I'll give you a stiff handshake. So he gives him a handshake. And then he hugs him, and Dawn's like, Ugh! like freezes for a second, and then slowly <laughs> hugs him back. He's like, "Oh, okay, this is quite nice." Uh, I <laughs> cried my ass off. That was great. Probably because I was reading it rather than this audio thing that you keep speaking of, where you make up your own sounds with the voices in your head. I was there with them. I cried like a in the audio, baby. but he's like, "Hello, would you like a hug, Don? <laughs> yes, I would. That's lovely." Winters, if you can't tell from this podcast, I I don't do words good, so I. I'm not really <laughs> Great. Well, let's let's move on. Um, somewhere uh, in, uh, at the secret Santa, and nobody can tell where exactly because he's invisible. Uh, is Corvus Korax? So, what do you get? What do we get? The uh, the Raven. Some glitter. My Chemical Romance, the best of 2005 <laughs> to 2011. Yeah. Yes. Just give us some mascara. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <this> look. yeah. <laughs> uh, a, a, a gift voucher to like somewhere in Camden so you can go and buy some <laughs> nice new threads. <laughs> like I did when I was a 15 year old emo. <laughs> oh my God. I remember that. Oh, superb. Okay. Brilliant. And last but not least, um, Whoever whoever does draw number twenty is a bit fucked because you actually have to get two presents, which is a bit late. But you, you don't to... know that. None of them know that, do they? Only no, some uh... of them know that there's two of them. Yeah, that's true. I think Dawn knows. Dawn figures it out, but he didn't know it to begin with. The thing is, is there really two of them? Maybe there's twenty of them. Mm. We will never know. No, yeah shock horror twist there's actually 20 of them maybe there's thousands of them maybe they really all are alfarious and they just need to be encoded with the primark matrix so to speak to be the alfarious Ooh, of the like time that. that's quite cool yeah oh that is cool to mm. turn those genes Scary. on to turn that thing on so any one of them could be a, the primark at any time as cool as that is though winters it does make them very difficult to buy for what, 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 what do you get them? Well, you, you got to get them because there's loads of them. You got to get them like a game they can all participate, like Kaplunk or yeah. something. Nice. <laughs> get them some invisible ink and a lamp. <laughs> Cluedo, surely. <laughs> Just Cluedo. But it's like, is it is it Alfarious? Yes. Oh, game over. <laughs> yeah. No. Who's who, but they're all the same base. <laughs> Is he bold? Yes. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Uh, well, there is no 21st Primark uh, that we know of. So that concludes the epic tale of uh, of, of Primark Secret Santa. The, the Primarchs afterwards uh, all went off with the Emperor's blessing and nothing bad ever happened. So uh, <laughs> let's move on. So we're obviously going to talk a little bit about 2020 because 
fun story. It, it is it is still 2020. So, guys, I think let's talk about our favorite uh, achievements of 2020. Quipster, you've painted like three, four models. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, genuinely, this is like a really big deal for me. Um, I've never, ever had a fully painted 2000 point army. And so literally, I think it's like the six or seven models that I painted this year for my custodies means that I have uh, 2,500 points of custodies. It's really cute. <laughs> it's really um, cute. I'm so, yeah, I just I find it so yeah, adorable. Just, just just gesturing behind you to your to your to those blood angels, that red carpet that's sat on the shelf there. I mean, yeah. to be fair, if Winters like moves the camera <laughs> to see all of the painted stuff on his shelves, <laughs> I'll be over here with my like 40 models. But like that's that's been the big thing for me and also i've had i've painted like 1500 points of imperial fists and that has been pretty incredible for me because i've just been smashing through it the thing is <laughs> I, I do have to say this because we do like to make fun of quipster a bit but i am inc incredibly proud of you quipster like genuinely <laughs> it makes my heart really warm that you've actually managed to paint an army i think that's incredible well well, well done yeah man I'm, I'm very happy with it. No, well done. It is always good to reach those headier heights where most people who are 14 and in this hobby have reached. So... Uh, yeah. Winters, Winters currently opens up an Excel doc to look to restructure the DZ TV team. Uh, <laughs> uh, let, let's, let's move on to the, the legal department. Adam, outside of having to deal with um, numerous lawsuits that people have filed against us, mainly for slanderous comments about uh, Black Library books, uh, what, what, what else uh, are you incredibly proud of or happy about 2020? Uh, I've pretty much finished a finished sort of two whole armies this year. So um, the Sisters of Battle um, and the the Necrons as well, um, coming out of Indomitus. Um, and it's it's yeah they're 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 looking I don't know they're looking quite good. Um, I've sort of put some pictures on my Instagram. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm just really happy to sort of get them all get them up and running. The the sad thing, of course, is there's been no. I mean, I said there's been no tournaments this year. This year seems like it's gone on for an incredibly long time because I looked <laughs> back. We, we were talking the other day about you know what we've done this year and how many models we've painted. You know, this is where sort of Alex was scaling up his six models or whatever. No, joking, uh, kidding, I, actually, um, I painted fifty five this year. Nice, um, but uh, but yeah, like like Winter Warfare, the London Wargaming Guild tournament was actually in February of 2020, which I had complete. I sort of assumed it was in 2019 because 2020 was the year of Nurgle's Plague, and therefore we hadn't been allowed to sort of see anybody for a whole year. But uh, yeah, it's it's been a it's been a journey, and then there's been there's been ninth edition. That's been really cool. I just want to mm. play more of it now. I, I think also, Alan, kind of what, what your hobby journey this year. I, I actually think. I'm sure Quipster, you're going to agree with this too. It's, it's been actually amazing mm. to watch you, Adam, because like mm. one of my favorite things about you this year has been your love of the Adeptus Sororitas develop because this was a faction that none of us really knew. And then they released the rules mm. and you've just become so enamored with them. And it's just been so fun to watch because we spend so much time on House Party and then you, you'll just be like, and they do this. And another thing, they're so cool. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are. They are really cool, both both in law and in rules. And they are to you know, this is for you, Quipster, with your love of law. They are a type of religious zealot that it's okay to like. And the, the, the other thing is also, I think, is your painting, because your painting is now mm. seriously good. We were the shit painters, and now you've left me. You fucking you've, you've left me. <laughs> like, what the I mean, fuck? I'm. I'm 
I'm still pretty. I'm still pretty bad. I've just moved on from the sort of stick figures that I originally was able to paint onto mod onto just grey plastic. So you know, it's 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 progress. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I should I should say I should should give some credit there. Um, well, the the Silent King especially was was I followed uh, Josh's tutorial and he's come out looking pretty bloody dope if i do say so myself so uh yeah he's uh he's, he's good he's good for those who don't know www.youtube.com slash warhipster <laughs> good effort mate <laughs> that was so a solid good. six out of ten <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll do our genuine sponsorships at the end we're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna get DZ TV in there we were gonna get warhipster in there but then you've, you've just blown your load early just, i've jumped you know, the gun and after the last conversation we had about it, you told me I was not allowed to mention it more than give the URL more than once per episode. <laughs> so now when we get to the end, you can ask me where you can find me and I'm going to have to tell you Cheltenham. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, well, let's move on then, Josh, to you. So what, what have you, what's your thing from 2020 or things that you're really, really happy about? 2020 has been interesting for me because... I we all know that I paint very fast. So last year I painted four hundred and twenty-five models, and this year I've painted three hundred and forty-five, which is a bit of a climb down, which I was disappointed about. But Alice, my partner, who I moved in with, which is a big achievement for me this year, because I've never lived with a girl in a romantic fashion before. <laughs> um, like, <laughs> don't get that cooties. <laughs> oh, I'm riddled with them now. Um, so yeah, I've the 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 thing that I was kind of. I was disappointed when I was like, oh, I didn't hit my same target. And then I remembered that, like, I've done a lot of big stuff this year, like Techless and The Silent King and Bundo Whalebiter, the Mega Gargant, Krakenita Mega Gargant. Um, and I've done a hell of a lot of videos, tutorials for YouTube, which for me is quite a big achievement. Um, I think I'm now over 80 video painting tutorials, which is really just... I never thought I'd have the time or the confidence actually really to do it. Um, and I think the response that I've been getting from them has just been so positive that I'm really yeah. quite humbled by it in some ways. Um, and also mm -hmm. it's massively gone to my head. So I think I'm the greatest painter of all time. Um, <laughs> so uh, from with contrast, and even then I know that that's not true. Juan Hidalgo, if that's, that's, I think that's his name. Um, that's his name. Yeah. As I say, we, should we should we not preview there the fact that we are going to put this to the test in the new year um, ah. when when there will be a comp a competitive bit of uh, you know man on man hardcore painting uh, between <laughs> Quipster and and Warhipster as to who mm. can paint the best. Well, you're doing Lysander, right, Quipster? You're doing, you're doing Lysander. Yeah, I was going to say. Do you know what you're going to do? Yeah, I'm going to do uh, I'm going to do Sanguinius um, on his. <laughs> oh, uh, for God's sake. On his diorama base. No, I'm not going to do that. That wouldn't be fair. <laughs> um, I actually don't know. I keep we keep saying Dante. Um, I think you should do Dante. Yeah, do Dante. Lysander versus Dante. That'd be amazing. I mean, it's no contest, is it? Dante would wipe the floor with him. Oh, um, I mean, that's that is not true on any level. Well, there is a three up invent to consider. There is a three up invent to consider. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I'm I'm also contemplating maybe picking up. Um, Sigismund and just showing you how to do oh, it properly. That would be epic. Uh, oh, that would not be okay. <laughs> uh, 
was gonna say winners this is this is a bit like our version of your your biggest boss competition with uh with the uh, mini wargaming dave so this yeah, is yeah. our this is our sort of cut price little version of that um <laughs> <laughs> we're doing it with we're doing it with like imperial fists well, Christa told me all about it he was very excited it's like oh look what happened to me Tom, yeah he's very excited and he thinks he's gonna win easily he said that Josh character is just, he's just a pretender. He's just a joke. Yeah. And uh, he's going to take him to big boy school and give him a wedgie. That's what he's, he's, he said that to me as well. That is a verbatim quote of what I said. Yeah. I also liked when you said that I should do, I should do Dante and I should still put him on the 25 millimeter base. Um, and that you had then also ordered a pre-cut resin base for yours. And quite frankly, I feel like you're trying to, you know, um, you're trying to create an unlevel playing field because you know how much of a disadvantage you are at. Um, so, yes. uh, the fighting uh, talk has already started, ladies and gentlemen. These, but, these uh, are strong words from someone who's going to lose so easily. I've decided I'm going to do Valdor um, <laughs> in this instance just now. <laughs> just thought about it. Uh, it's going to be Valdor now. Um, yeah. Nice. Okay. Nice. That's awesome. I mean, yeah, well, yeah, um, yeah. You're actually, you've, yeah, you, you've done, you, you've, yeah, you're doing incredibly well now, Josh. It's, it's fucking awesome. Yeah, no, I'm really pleased with this year. Um, like I said, uh, and actually, I think painting things like I've always been kind of. It's one of those things of I've never kind of been like, oh no, there's no way I could actually paint that. I've always kind of thought, yeah, no, I'll figure out a way to do that. But uh, contrast paints obviously make things. A different way of painting it so like being able to do the razorback tutorial that i did today and uh, today did this year <laughs> um when i went into that i was like yeah no i'm sure contrast paint i'm sure i can make it work on the razorback and then as i'm doing it i'm like uh i think this is gonna work <laughs> and then actually by the end of it being like oh do you know what yeah no it is so i think one of the best things that's happened to me this year is that i have gained a lot of confidence in my own skill yeah i think and that's a, that's mm. a consequence of all the kind of the wonderful reaction from people have uh, that i've got from youtube so yeah i've had a good year lots of highlights it, it is amazing because <laughs> as crypts will know i i adore crypts armies and i was i get weirdly <laughs> invested in my friends armies like we have a friend mm. alec who's painting necrons and i'm just obsessed with them and i just i'm just constantly asking crypts about his imperial mm. fist just because they are so clean and stuff but some of the stuff you paint josh just breaks me like, like when you painted, <laughs> I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know much about AOS, but the woman with the veil, I just, I just, I just stare oh, at that picture so long. Mm. I just don't understand how you can paint something to look like a veil. It makes no fucking sense to me at all. Um, it's, it's well, amazing. in order to find out, you <laughs> go on the internet and uh, think really hard because I'm not allowed to mention the URL more than once in a podcast, unfortunately. <laughs> or can I have? Can I? Can I? Can we'll I? Let you, we'll let you. We'll let you do it this time. It's fine. Yeah, you head to www.youtube.com forward slash warhipster. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna jump in now before I get to you, witness about my year because it's I, I, it was quite funny to me because Cripster and Adam will know this the best, but I, I watch a lot of YouTube 
Warhammer stuff. I actually don't watch much mm-hmm. Warha- uh, YouTube <laughs> generally, but just Warhammer stuff. But I'm also I'm not a uh, painter. Um, as, as Charles, as Charles, my friend, will put it, I am I'm firmly a, a player. <laughs> but I had only really watched Warhipster because I'm a huge I'm a huge uh, fan of the School of Contrast, and I had a fantastic time playing Warzone this year uh thanks <laughs> thanks to thanks to our good friend alex because we were playing uh was i remember this and for the first time uh Crips went oh my friend josh is going to join and i was oh, okay cool yeah that's cool and so he jumped on and then Crips actually left and so and i was like oh hi how's you know alex and josh was our free warhammer and we spoke about blood angels and we spoke about for about an hour hour and a half and Crips came back in and he was like, oh so you've met the war hipster and i was like he's that josh and so i was <laughs> I, I was like having like my uh, my my fanboy moment there, which was fantastic. And then then uh, a couple of weeks later, uh, he was oh um, my friend Winters is going to join, and um, I think I kept my cool really, reasonably well because I, I am somewhat of a fan uh, of of what Winters has done over the years, um, which was amazing. And then about a couple of weeks later, we had Mikey from Hellstorm on, and I was like. <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ, this is getting ridiculous. And like, I, I, I was like, I said to Crips, like, I swear to God, if next time I come into Verdansk, like, you know, we've got like Brian Pullen, or like, 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 like bones on, like, it's, I'm going to start losing my shit because this, this is getting unreal. And yeah, so it was, it was absolutely fantastic to, to play with you guys. It was really, really cool for me. And I think I've also just got to mention my love of Gene Steeler Colts. Um, I always say that like, you know, Tower, the army that got me to 40k, and Dark Angels are the reason I will never leave because I absolutely <laughs> they are my they are my wife. They are the thing that I will always go back to. But Caroline's gonna be annoyed. Gene <laughs> <laughs> Steeler Girls are just this army that like there's just this crazy girl that like I'm just having this affair with and she just <laughs> she just gets me and she's just amazing and she's so interesting and fun and it's just nice to do something different. So I, I am I'm developing a, a deep love uh, for for the four armed emperor at the moment. She keeps trying. She keeps trying to implant you with some genetic material, and you're not ready for that kink yet. <laughs> Fantastic, but um, yeah, I mean, as a as a fan, I think all of us um, can agree. And I'm sure all of our listeners will as well. Both of them will agree that it was it was so fucking amazing to see your year go on. And uh, like when people ask me about 40k, there's a lot of people that don't do. They're like, you know, that's such a weird. Like, what's it like to do Warhammer in 2020? Because most people have played it as a kid. I talk about the really really wholesomeness of this hobby, and there is this there's a sheer massive quantity of it uh, i think you're a great example of this what has been your favorite stuff of, of 2020 uh there's a lot to mention yeah. <laughs> so i'll keep it then but no thank you um uh for you know the support and stuff but people we're, we're people too aren't you know josh we're people too we're in this hobby too no you're not I've... <laughs> <It's>, yeah <laughs> Uh, no, I like. I, I, uh, there's different ways to engage with um, Warhammer 40k, and one of the ways is to play it. One of the ways is to paint. And then you're engaged. Another way is to read the books from Black Library. I like what Josh said about Warhipster said about um, actually making videos. That's one of the ways that I engage with it as well. So I play, I paint, and by making videos, I engage with the hobby, engage with the community. Um, so I notice Warhipster that because of youtube you're painting less because you've only yeah. got so much time right yeah i i'm it's weird like i'm i'm painting less miniatures for a painting channel yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense but you know the, as you very well know the filming takes up 
yeah, a significant portion of your time. Yeah. And the bigger the filming channel gets and the more time you put into that, the less and less and less painting you'll do. So mm. for me, painting wise, I don't paint very much these days because I don't have much time despite uh, the good news, which was in basically the end of March, beginning of April this year, I uh, went full time. So I, I'm one of the very, very few lucky people who manages to play 40K for a living, which is terribly exciting. Um, <laughs> that's pretty cool. So that's pretty good. <laughs> so I don't nice. work for the man anymore. I just do this and I just play and paint and engage with the community. And that's the big change that happened to me in 2020. <laughs> and I still don't seem to have any time because I'm making more videos and we're doing uh, collaborating with people more like this. Um, and with mini wargaming Dave, as you mentioned in the bestest boss video and one thing that happened to me actually this year is uh, I, I could take time off. Um, that didn't happen before because I was at work. And then when I got back from work, I was just focusing on the hobby so much. Um, so now having moments where I can play Warzone with some wonderful weirdos that I meet online, <laughs> it's delightful. <laughs> that never happened. <laughs> so that's good. I think, yeah, I, I, th I think this year has been, it's been a bit of an odd one, right? Because in many ways, it's been like this year has been, been pretty awful for obviously quite a lot of people, right? And we've had to put up with this you know, pandemic. But the fact that uh, certainly, uh, and you know, not, not just I'm not being smug about like our group, right? And the people we know and sort of getting a war zone. But I've seen, you know, there was a big um, in the London Wargaming Guild with all its, you know, quite a lot of members there was like a big community you know the chats are still going people are talking about you know getting on zoom calls with each other and and you know playing games online and doing stuff so the community's really really come together um and you know like our, our local gaming store Babbing cafe they they obviously you know have had difficulties this year like any any retail you know store going in any you know hobby or otherwise in the country because of um covid and there was a big effort by people to encourage you know if people are buying warhammer anyway you know go in there and buy it from them or get gift vouchers and stuff you know really trying to encourage people to to go out and do that and that that's been it's been really nice i don't want to get mm. too like uh, yeah. too soppy about it but it's it's just been a really nice feeling uh, yeah. in in the community this year i think to help us sort of get through what can otherwise be quite an isolating isolating year so that's the positive coming out of the negative i think i agree 100 percent. and like if you're not gonna get soppy i am uh, <laughs> moving on because... <laughs> how do i mute quipster <laughs> <laughs> but it's one of those things like in especially back in march we we're all looking at the situation like ah oh, shit we're all stuck indoors we can't see each other this is terrible but out of that since then every single night we were in warzone together like I was able to introduce like all my London friends to my DZTV friends, and we formed like a greater like community through that. A greater good, and then on top of that, yeah, <laughs> a greater good. But then on top of that as well, like we together as a gaming group, we've been on house party basically every single night since then, painting together yeah. and chatting, and just like having that sort of support structure around us. Yeah, it's been and big. I think that yeah, exactly, and that's been something that's been really heartening. Yeah. And so that's also like how I've learned most of the pot of um, uh, Saturnine. Uh, Saturnine. <laughs> just just us spoiling it. It's so hard to talk about that book. <laughs> they are all guilty of going, what about that bit in Saturnine? And I immediately go, I, I haven't read it. And they go, okay, 
It's just yeah. it's not much of a spoiler, but at the end. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a pretty big spoiler that's about to about to drop. He's an aberration. He's <laughs> and they almost started doing it with the Mandalorian as well, which is hysterical because like who is it who's not seen it? Yeah, Rich uh, hasn't seen it either. Or the Reza, who's otherwise normally on this on this podcast. I just I just <laughs> foresee over the next few weeks. I mean, again, I've not seen the Mandalorian, but I have friends who go, "Mate, the finale of the Mandalorian, this happened," and you go, "What? Well, thanks for not. <laughs> me- <laughs> the, the, thanks, thanks for letting me discover it." I see that over the next few uh, next few weeks, Rich is going to learn what happened. In the next, in the, in, the, in the most recent series I, of The Mandalorian, as a consequence of you lot going, okay, it's not a very big spoiler, but at the end, uh, Darth Vader is resurrected. That's not, that's not. Can I just, I thought we did a fucking great job. We have, we, we have had yeah, two episodes on Sanguinius well. now, right? Because we had the first episode I did with you, you and Adam, was uh, we talked about Sanguinius a lot. And we did the episode on Blood Angels. Do you have any idea how hard it is to do an episode where Josh goes, right, so can you not talk about these main books with Sanguinius? And you're like, oh, uh, okay. So he's born on Baal and he, he runs through a cathedral. That's the rule. The rule is, I often, I, I, I think, I think the generally accepted rule is that uh, inside the first year of something being released, you're a dick if you spoil it. After that, it's the person who really wanted to watch it or read it or experience it that hasn't done it. <laughs> like, like you can spoil The Shining now. Yeah. Like, you're not a dick if you spoil that, but like. That that's that's what I generally feel is, is is a fairly hard a fairly easy rule to accept. Saturnine came out in when June. Uh, yeah, I think so. Roughly, roughly I mean, around then. Time has no meaning anymore. So yeah, maybe. Yeah, who knows? It came out at some point in twenty in the nebulous morass that is twenty twenty. You're trying to tell um, people not to spoil something, and there's a year, right? Yeah. The counter argument to that is. Read it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. I mean, he's got a compelling point. Rich, so I was going to say, on, on that, Rich has got through five of the episodes of The Mandalorian now, so he's only three behind. So because he, he's a good person. He speed-watched them yesterday in order right, that he yeah. would not be spoiled, right? So it's the same thing. Read Saturnine, Josh. I'm you getting can't... there. As I said, I was reading The Horus Heresy from book one to book 56, whatever it is, oh, and I am, on, I am on Slaves to Darkness. That is... And it's all been new for me. Slaves to Darkness is horrible. Skip that one. It's really bad. Yeah, it's not great. There's about three books in the Horus Heresy series that you should skip, and that's one of them. Like, What's the other one? Damnation of Pythos has got to be The Damnation of Python and the Battle of the Abyss, the Furious Abyss one. Oh, See, I've read so all of them. Shit. I've gone from one to... I am literally just doing it all in order. Every ow, every single <laughs> every single book from <laughs> That's what happens to when you read it in order, you dig your toe. Yeah, and I'm I'm really excited because I'm get, I'm getting there to the the buried dagger as it, as it often gets. Oh, buried dagger is good. Yeah, and and also these Siege of Terror books are now being released on the small paperbacks because that's the other mm-hmm. thing as well. Is I got all the rest of them in the small paperbacks. I didn't want to then buy the big hardback books for the Siege of Terror because it wouldn't match the set. Because I think mm-hmm. as the the people on this podcast and the two listeners that we are at home, this is a collection. Uh, there is a collecting is quite a heavy part of this hobby and you don't want all of the books to be completely mismatched different versions and copies so i saw that the first one is now out on the paperback so it, i should 
get to Saturnine as soon as it is it book three? It's book three in Siege of Terror, right? Uh, four, three or four. Three or four. four. Yeah. Saturnine's four. Mm. So I'll probably get to it around. In theory, I should be able to be completely up to date just before that book drops in the in the small paperback. And you're reading them, yeah? You're reading them. I am reading them, yeah. In in, okay, in... Some person, the other person in this group can read. Good, good. <laughs> all, I, all I was going to say is, I mean, we did with the other the other, I guess, thing to mention in 2020. Of course, the obvious is that we did what you know a lot of uh, white, vaguely middle class men in their 20s <laughs> to 30s with hobbies do uh, when they haven't got anything else to do. And we launched a podcast, and this is why we're all here. So, because we thought people would want to hear our inane opinions on this hobby. I'm glad though that this was the podcast we ended up doing, and not the other uh, uh, idea that gained a lot of traction, which was we were all going to start sourdough starters and um, <laughs> no. do a weekly commentary on how they looked. I, I leave the baking to my other half, uh, Kelly, who bakes very well. I'll, I'll do the hobby; she can do the baking. That's that's fine. Oh, where did we get to on that idea that she should bake like Warhammer cakes? So, uh, yeah, so uh, I don't know why I'm like, I guess I'm now doing sponsorship from my other half. Uh, but yeah, she is going to, at some point in the new year, she is she is planning. She came and she was like, she basically, she was like, nerds are kind of, you know, ner- nerds with Warhammer are like nerds who probably want to, you know, get some themed stuff, right? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, do you reckon you can make like a Warhammer cake? And what would that look like? And I, I sort of said, well, you know, the four chaos gods have symbols that are quite, distinguished you know they're easy easily distinguishable you kind of make a cake shape so there may may or may not be a nurgle one at some point in the new year which she will she will attempt to (laughs) yeah yeah i mean it's it's gonna be i think we're gonna you know put like jelly worms on top and stuff like that you know that kind of thing and green icing make it all very uh, all very nurgly but uh, but yeah that's that's a project to come you want to be careful because she'll be baking birthday cakes for Warhammer fans the world over, if that that's, takes yeah, off. That's what, <laughs> yeah, that's what worries What she me. needs is two massive nipple horns. Uh, and then... Uh, <laughs> she... <laughs> well, luckily, uh, when she opens her Christmas present... Um... <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. Brilliant. Okay, well... Um... Great insight into your relationship, Adam. Cool. Yep. <laughs> Okay, absolutely fantastic. Well, let's move on then to uh, my favourite part of this podcast because I am a huge fan of wild speculation. Um, and so I've, I've designated a whole section of today to that. So let's let, let's go round and let's just tangent here as far as possible. What do people think is going to happen in 2021? We've obviously had the launch of Ninth Edition, as Adam says, which has been probably the most important Warhammer <laughs> event uh, of 2020. And by... Uh, 90% of accounts, uh, it is one of the best editions of the game, probably even the best. And so, yeah, what do people, how, what do people see for coming? And also lore stuff, you know, we've obviously had the uh, Mortis, um, the next Siege of Terror book announced. The Luther book is going to come out on paper vaccine. Yeah, what, what kind of things do people think is going to happen? I'll, I'll start off with something, I guess, quite prosaic, but I, I would hope it's going to be telling. So I'm really looking forward to the new uh, Drakari Codex. And the reason why is that I don't I don't collect Drakari. It's one of the yet. few armies I don't seem to have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, pencil that in as a yet. Give it a minute. Um, but I think it's going to be a really interesting um, sign for how things are going to go for Xenos codexes going forward, right? Because they've said that the Drakari are getting a complete rewrite. They're getting they're changing round how their army works. And if you know anyone listening knows about how the Drakari Codex in eighth edition worked, it's sort of three armies in a single, you know, faction really. You have kind of the Covens, the Cabals, and the Witches. 
and they don't they don't really gel together in the way that maybe you know people who play that army would, would like um and they said they're getting a complete rewrite now obviously i know the necrons got a complete rewrite but they were the marquee kind of the the, the big bad of ninth edition you know much the way that the death guard were at the start of eighth edition so it's kind of obvious that they would get a complete change so if the Drakari codex is 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 good and has a lot of cool changes in it i think it's going to be a really good sign for the craft world elder and the one i'm interested in is the tyranids because I just I want the Tyranids to be really like they're such a cool faction, and I want them to be really good, uh, and I want them to have cool rules that kind of reflect their you know this gribbly swarm of giant monsters. Ah, oh, it'd just be amazing. So yeah, I, I I would hope my prediction is the Drakari Codex will be really good. It has lots of cool rules in it, and that is going to be a real sign for where things are going to go, and also for the Tau as well. You know, for Ed for Ed um, Ed's sort of army, you know, changing it up so that they they get uh, something new other than just running a gun line. Yeah, you raise a really good point. Necrons are the flagship army. Space Marines are already good. Death Guard are already good. So Drukhari are the first army, essentially, of the game. GW have no reason to buff them to, to, to the degree that pretty much every army has. Like, I will say the game is pretty well balanced. I think Tau are exceptionally bad. But the game <laughs> is... Outside of Tau, I honestly think the game is pretty well balanced. I think you can take pretty much any army and beat pretty much any army and that's not to say that there aren't there aren't tiers to some degree there definitely are but yeah jukari um are one of the ones in the, in the lower town inside of that pretty well balanced scenario so it'll be really interesting to see if they make them as good as um yeah they're kind of like eight or so armies that are all vying for top spot at the moment um so yeah i'm totally with you there quipster what about you i'm hoping that they uh remove mm. uh, that they change the imperial fist doctrine so you can only use it on like twice a turn uh something like that but outside of that oh my god it's useless enough already how what are you hoping for in, in 2021 so to be honest the things i'm hoping for in 2021 not a lot of it is custodies or imperial fist based because imperial fist are space marines space marines have loads of stuff so i'm not worried about them so what it's all I, chaos. you want chaos then? <laughs> what's what's the new Lord well, Demon Primark Lorgar? He's <laughs> just understood, guys. <laughs> I mean, the thing's still okay, a loyalist, I promise. <laughs> the thing genuinely, the things I would love to see are number one, in terms of the Chaos Marine Codex, I would love to see them do exactly that. Um what they did for the Space Marine Codex. So one single yeah. main yeah, one main codex and then supplements for all the undivided legions. So Alpha Legion, Iron Warriors, um, you know, all that. And then I would also like to see separate codexes for uh, World Eaters and Emperor's Children because they're the God-specific ones, just in the same way they've got the Thousand Sons and um, and uh, the other ones I don't care about. Um, <laughs> so I'd love to see that. Grandpa Nurgle is unhappy with you. Uh, I hate, I personally, I hate Nurgle. Like, I hate the aesthetic. I hate the models, all of it. That hurts me because the thing is, Nurgle loves you. I've just decided I'm going to change my entry for the challenge to uh, Mortarion. <laughs> oh my god! So, 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 Winters. I think what you need to do now, uh, if I may, is, is suggest that you invite um, Alex to bring down his Imperial fists uh, and uh, give him a little schooling with the end of all things. It sounds like. Oh, yeah. hang on a I bit. What, what happened the I last time I played your end of all things? I don't know. I play very mm. many games. Um, I'm really pleased that this became a moment for you. <laughs> yes, I think you should do a nice. You should do a nice kind of uh, almost like uh, you bring your collection. 
and I'll bring my collection type fight. And then, so <laughs> Alex can bring all of his custodies, and you can bring all of your Death Guard, and we'll see who wins after that. Yeah, well, we'll see if the custodies can survive more than two turns. I know how many custodies you've got and how much Death Guard I've got. Yeah, yeah, or right. just, just, just like being no holds barred. Trouble. I mean, Alex, you can even bring that massive uh-huh. Imperial Fists force that you've got as well. <laughs> well. No, that's an interesting, that's an interesting thing. It's no holds barred because I very rarely bring full-on tournament-esque ass-kicking mm. lists. I, I try to balance it and I try to make the story as interesting yeah. as possible. And so, let's face it, Webster, I've, I've gone easy oh. on the past. If you want to take the gloves. Uh, the annoying thing is, he's right. Every time I go down, Winters is like really nice to me. <laughs> if you want to go back to school, okay. <laughs> if he's he's gonna give it big words every time about how his custodies are amazing. Custodies are amazing. They're not even big words. It's just the truth. That's another achievement for you in 2020, Cripster, because uh, now that you played something other than uh, custodies, you actually uh, got to learn how Warhammer is played, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a bit of a different experience when you're nothing like can be killed. Yeah, no, 20. I'm just saying that 2021, what you're looking forward to is getting your ass kicked by War Hipster in painting and by me in, on the table. <laughs> yeah. And then you can learn from these defeats, you can grow, you can learn, you can become a better person. What's that thing when you get egg on your face? When, like, you lose and then you've said something like you're going to win? Yeah, that's you this year. Yeah. <laughs> 2021 is going to be the end of all things, including your custodies' dignity. Yes. Yeah. Just call, call that episode the end of Quipster, Winters. Just call it that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Not okay. I, th- I think let's touch on that. We've had a couple of people mention rules. So, yeah, I, I have a lot of hopes for 2021 in terms of rules, and um, I'm very special, so I'm going to talk for a while now. I'm going February. I'm, I'm, think, I'm thinking Black Templars. I'm really hoping that they get their own selection. Mm. Um, uh, so that their own like primaris unit. I am really hoping that they get a supplement. The way their index is written makes me think that they are getting something. Um, I really hope custodies get rules that make them play like custodies. I hope anything happens to Tau. Just any, uh, anything at all. And yeah, Chaos Space Marines are probably the big one for 2021 for me as well. It's such a shame that they there's such a gap. But I, I am pretty confident they're going to change. Um, we've already seen a couple of changes already. So Death of the False Emperor is going bye-bye, which I'm a huge, huge fan of because I am not a fan of wide faction-specific bonuses. Um, I like specific ones, Imperial Fist, Iron Warriors. But uh, what that means, is that Death of the False Emperor is going, is that GW thinks they have balanced Chaos Space Marines with Space Marines. And that's really, really, really cool. They're, they're, they've definitely got a, a much better grasp on how to balance things now. One of the big changes that we've seen towards the end of 2020, um, from my point of view, as someone who's a lot of the time, quite the polar opposite to Winters, because I, I much prefer the kind of competitive, more efficiency kind of driven list. That's kind of how I am because I'm not a very nice person. And one of the things that W has done is they have released not only the app, but this kind of stat center that they've that they've made, which is great for a couple of reasons. A, it gives nerds like me an opportunity to discuss which factions are broken, quote unquote. But also, it gives the rules writers a huge amount more insight than they had uh, before because. Uh, one of the things that we'll do is we moan about things constantly without much actual grounding. They're just based upon our our games. And now that these stats are being collected and shared around, it's, it, it's actually a, a fantastic stage for the game because without this happening, 
the rules writers have got had such a difficult task to balance the game when you're just going yeah. off the opinions of a bunch of angry nerds. So now they can actually <laughs> look at things and see how they're going. So I'm incredibly excited for 2021. And every army is getting so complicated now. If we look at, um, like Adam said, like we expect the Necrons to get a lot and Space Marines are already pretty complicated. Um, Death Guard are now even better and just there's so many more levels to that army now. It's absolutely awesome. As someone that loves rules, it's just the best time for me. It's just so exciting. The, the only thing that sucks is having to wait for uh, for your codex. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, so I'm absolutely buzzing rules wise for 2021. <laughs> Josh, let's flip to you then. So, what 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 are you excited for next year? Um, well, so I think over the next year we are going to see a whole slew of new codexes come out. And whilst the rules are important, the thing I'm looking forward to is how much the stakes are going to be raised in the narrative. Um, mm. because you always get these small little tidbits as it comes out. So I believe it was the Dark Angels Codex that actually, in a footnote, in a paragraph at the end, said Luther can't be found. They don't know where he is. And then it was in the Psychic Awakening book. They say there's rumored buildup of a fallen force somewhere in the Maelstrom. It's these small little stakes being raised all over the galaxy. And it is those things that I think are the really cool, really interesting things about this story that has developed a lot in the last, since 8th edition, and it hadn't developed much before that, and we've seen the narrative move on significantly in the last three years, and I'm looking forward to that happening more. I can't begin to predict where it's going to go. I almost kind of hope that somewhere like... um, like we had Cadia fall, even though it doesn't, it stands. Um, <laughs> I'm hoping somewhere like Armageddon or something yeah. creates a massive narrative yeah. shift. Um, and Or, um, yeah, somewhere like that. I, I, I'm hoping something like that happens this year or that the Pariah Nexus goes somewhere um, <laughs> and that it, it actually does have an effect on the things that we're hoping. Gaskell like, does something good. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Gaskell does something <laughs> yeah. good. Um, yeah, I just... And, and it's a... When you are at the beginning of a Codex run, there is a lot to be excited about in terms of the shifts that could potentially happen. Um, and we all know that we are at the beginning of a Codex run. Um, I am also excited, and I know that, you know, this is... You know, a forty k primary, primarily um, podcast, but there are big things happening in the realms for oh. Age of Sigma, and there are big mm. things happening in the Mandalorian as well. There are big things happening in the mortal realms. Um, I think we're going to see Age of Sigma um, third edition this year, um, which will bring all of the things that it always seems to bring. I mean, like the uh, the you you see like the improvements in the quality of design of miniatures. I mean the AOS the AOS stuff is insane. Yeah, all you, of it is astounding. You seem to see it happen in Age of Sigma first, and then it gives you it gives me a lot of hope about what's going to happen in in the next uh, runs of things for um forty k as well. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say those those new those new Slanesh uh, models they've announced oh. for uh, AOS give me a lot of hope for the Empress children. 
Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, that's a prime example. I mean, also you see the like AOS two. We had all of the um, uh, the uh, uh, the sacrosanct chamber for the Stormcast come out, which is all those robed mage dudes, um, and they are leaps and bounds ahead of what came out in the first edition of Age of Sigma. And we've seen that happen in 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 Warhammer forty thousand as well. The stuff that has come in Indomitus. In terms of the way it looks, the aesthetic, the things that they're pulling in, in terms of the Space Marines and the Necrons, the design has leapt forward massively since Dark Imperium. And Dark Imperium was really good. Like the Death Guard release was incredible. The Intercessor, all mm. the Primera stuff looks amazing. But I think mm. that Indomitus mm. has brought that way forward. Like the Assault Intercessors, oh. it's so tiny, but like it's just so the, the amount of kind of dy- dyna- dynamism or dyna- yeah. whatever you would call it. The personality in models. models. Yeah. 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 And like stuff like the Blade Guard, you're seeing oh. the. The, 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 yeah, all that kind of stuff. So that gives me a lot of hope for things like the rumored Lelith Hesperax model that is coming with the Dark Eldar book. Um, you know, there's we've seen some stuff previewed for Admech and Sisters. You know, we still don't have obliterator models. We still don't yeah. have obliterator models. Um, yeah. Although you can get them, you can get them in the uh, start collecting. Yeah, yeah, in the start collecting Chaos Space Marines as a consequence of. Yeah, no, yeah, mm. that is a great point, Josh. Like the codexes in terms of law are really, really cool. And, and also, yeah, I think, you know, I, I think I have mentioned the line today. I can't remember. It's, <laughs> it's also important to point out that, the, yeah, the, the other two rumors that are constantly rife ever since I've been in the hobby are Angron and Fulgrim. And so, uh, yeah, I think, mm. you know, Adam mentioned the Empress Children, and Josh mentioned Armageddon. Yeah, I, I am hopeful for 2021 is going to be a Primark year. I, I like to think that the only problem is that I think the Primarks are behind. There's a there's a wall that's like in case of you know stock price drop break glass and then they crack out a Primark. <laughs> and the problem is, as we know, Games Workshop is making absolutely shit tons. So so maybe they're just like no, from just the five of us. Yeah, we don't we don't we don't need to. Cool. I think also yes. Yeah, so let's move on to winners. I, I always love to hear your opinion. Your opinions, despite the fact that I'm, I I um, play the game in a very different way. So like your opinions on Crusade, really interesting to me. Went to a while ago. You made a video on that. So, uh, how, how do you? What's your? What are you excited for in in twenty twenty one? I think ninth edition rule set is the the best rule set so far. But the missions are already beginning to feel a bit samey. Because mm, okay. um, you score the primaries in all the same way all the time. But there used to be different ways of playing. So I, the ninth edition rule set is a really good rule set. The ninth edition missions, I think, there's a match play gap. Uh, the crusade system is very good if that's what you want to do, which is linked together match play. But there is a narrative play gap. So I think the ninth edition rule set is, as I said, it's really good. But there's a couple of gaps in match play, a couple of gaps in narrative play for me. So I'd like to see those gaps bridged. I don't think they're going to do that. I don't think they're going to. I think they're um, uh, they're. They're definitely leaning more and more and more towards tournament play. They're definitely leaning more towards events. Um, there's lots of reasons why they're doing that, which I won't go down that rabbit hole. But different ways of playing. What I'd like to see is an apocalypse expansion in 2021, which is not a different rule mm-hmm. set, which is the same 40K rule set with some exceptions or some restrictions that you can use when you're playing Apocalypse. So it's okay for you to field 4,000, 8,000 points on the table and it not to take all day. What Apocalypse didn't need was a different rule set. What Apocalypse needed was 
absolute sheer brutality, apocalyptic <laughs> destruction. So you can bring 8,000 points worth of models and it'll be over in three hours because a lot of stuff dies very quickly. It's mm -hmm. the apocalypse. And um, so if that doesn't come out in 2021, I'll, I'll write up the PDF that I've got and launch it on DZTV and free to download on Winters. And then a bunch of other videos that um, I'll, I'll, I'll do make some videos using the rule set that I've got, which is about two pages, which is easy. And it's just about brutality in Apocalypse. That's one of the things I want to see. The other thing I want to see is Maelstrom back. I want to see cards back. Mm. And if you don't have to bring that into match play, you could bring it as a narrative play edition. So there's a book comes out, Maelstrom of War, and it's got the 66 cards in the back of the book. Or you can buy for £10 or £100 this deck of cards as well. <laughs> so you can play narrative play Maelstrom or you can play Apocalypse and it doesn't mess with the main rule set because we all like the main rule set, but there are different ways to play. So those of us who aren't as competitively driven have different ways of playing the game. That's what I'd like to see in 2021. Yeah. That was a bit salty. Sorry about that. I was going to say... Um Essentially, it's going to be really interesting to see what you end up doing more with the open wall cards because I remember the last thing we filmed with the open wall cards was super fun and really narrative. So, yeah, I'd like to experiment with that a lot more in 2021. The last four mm. games I played weren't match play. They were all open play using the open wall card deck mm. and they were some of the best and most competitive and most tactical played one yesterday mm. and it came down to the last dice roll of the game those are the best games in a lot of wow. the match play games not because of the rules but because of the missions you know so who's won in turn three because there's no way back for the other opponent in turn four or turn five yeah. And where you have missions where that, that is the outcome, and I've filmed them and stuck them on the internet and I've seen them on other people's channels, that's not good for the game. That's not good for getting new people into the hobby as well. And what we all need is as many new people coming into the hobby because then the community gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's better for all of us in the long run. Um, we want games coming down to the last turn, to the last dice roll. So... I was going to say. I mean, one one of the things I've I've I enjoyed watching, and, and I don't. So sorry, just 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 to check before I say this. Um, the stuff. Have you done anything with the Volcanus Twenty Second? Your games with Sultan are they on your yeah. channel or are they all on solely on? Sorry, I can't remember whether they're on because I know they're on sort of both, right? Yeah, the Volcanus Twenty Second are mainly on DeploymentZone.tv. Okay, well, I won't. I won't obviously give any spoilers. And that means, as Josh says, we're about to spoil it. Yeah. You are all <laughs> so no, much no. more precious about spoiling battle reports than you are about Saturnine. <laughs> I, honestly, well, we haven't like, got we haven't got the author of Saturnine here, so you don't matter. But you know, but you, you do this, this stuff, all so the time. Nice to <laughs> all the time, a video comes out and like, oh, have you seen this battle report? And someone will go, no. Oh, okay, well, I won't spoil it. And then the conversation stops there. Has anyone read Saturnine? <laughs> no. Okay, well, at the end, the emperor takes a golden <laughs> shit on Magnus. <laughs> well, um, well, no. All I, all I was going to say about about those those battle reports. Um, one of the things I really like that you you and you and Sultan. Uh, did to your opponent in those games is just some of the like narrative mechanics yeah. in those um um and I'll, I'll 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 say i won't i won't give away what happens but i'll just say orc bomb squigs Oof. yeah i love it i love it it's and it just i don't know it just makes it kind of fun yeah it just makes it kind of fun and it, it adds that i think that element of um randomness that's in like the maelstrom cards which is a little bit missing and yeah. i think the problem with the problem with the maelstrom mm. cards in the game was obviously the, the issue with the issue with any ra with randomness 
when it's when it's just in a deck of cards that every single army gets is that you end up with situations where you pull an objective that you just cannot do you know like the classic one is there's some sort of psychic thing and you're an army with no psychers so you're like okay what do i do with this and then the rules like i don't understand why they didn't just retain that but then have a um have well, a rule did. that you know allowed you to just discard those and replace them with another with no penalty they did if that you just... at the end of eighth edition didn't they a bunch well they of did that deck missions. build yeah they did that deck building thing at yeah. the end but it, it came quite late in the edition so i don't think people really used it that much yeah, i'd like yeah. to see that come back if, if you if they did that yeah it shouldn't but, be a, well they could have kept them it, it just don't make it match play make it open play or narrative yeah. play yeah, it's not. And I like the being used in a tournament, and that example that you gave as well of bomb squigs and the kind of narrative that we're doing in DZTV shows that again, there's that narrative gap. It, th- those that we're doing narrative play, but not using the crusade system. So I've actually filmed. I'm filming a couple of things to put on YouTube as well because um, I wanna. Forty K isn't just those missions 40k is your 40k and is whatever game you want to make it and ultimately the bottom line is to have fun and if your fun is to be as competitive as possible and and win then that's great and um clearly adam is all over that he loves playing competitively that's fun for him um that's good um and more hats off to you but um that other people like playing different types of 40k and the main rule book doesn't cater to everyone this time round. So I think eighth was catered to everyone. I think ninth caters leans towards a specific market, and I'm very salty about it. I'm sorry. The rules are great, but it it leans quite heavily. I'm very much with you. Very much with you. I, I to your point about the open war cards. The best game of Warhammer I've ever had was at the end of 7th edition, and it was using the Empiric Warzone open cards thing, uh, thing that they brought out as part of the um, Gathering Storm. And there's a card in there, and I will never forget it. It was, you, you draw the card, and it begins. it becomes a thing of all sixes count as ones, and all ones count as sixes rolled on the table for the next turn. <laughs> it's so much fun and uh, you go from like rolling you know and, and i was playing with my gray knights and this that and the other and um uh, you know you need, needing to roll the, the invulnerable saves and you go i need to roll the five up invulnerable save you roll a bunch of ones and that t- that card is in play so you go ah oh, they're actually all all right and it, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so your opponent is like oh yes i've killed the entire unit of palins they're like no 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 you have not my bad luck has actually <laughs> has actually held this week <laughs> Help me in this turn. Um, yeah, I there there is a narrative there is a narrative gap, and it is because the Maelstrom cards have gone. I know lots of people hated drawing those uh, drawing those cards that you couldn't actually achieve or whatever. But actually, yeah. that's about as fluffy mm. as it can possibly get in the you know hectic war zone, garbled mm. orders, kind of kind of cross talk of the of the Vox net saying you need to take this objective or. Fire up the psychers. The psychers are all dead. We didn't know that, but do it anyway. Do you know what I mean? I just, I think it's, mm. I think it's perfect. I'm a huge believer, and it's not Christmas without a family row. So I'm going to ardently disagree with <laughs> everybody. Here. No, I was going to say where, where I really agree with you, Winters. Actually, is I actually, uh, I'm actually not a massive fan of Crusade because I think you sum it up best when you say it's a way of stringing along a series of match play games. 
And the problem is, is that like, because we, we tried Crusades uh, as a group and we played a whole bunch of people and it doesn't really encourage anybody to do anything narrative because what it actually does is Crusade allows you to take your match play list and tune it up with a bunch of benefits that you get from playing the Crusade system. And it creates an absolute mess of weird, weird competitiveness. Um, so I, I do think the Crusade system needs, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you incentivize people to take narrative stuff. Um, I think we'll just have to play it more inside of our group. I, I don't know. But, but Ed, Ed, what you don't realise about my um, Salamander's captain on bike is that his narrative is that he's just really good and he's unkillable. Mm-hmm. That's his narrative. Mm-hmm. He's just really good at everything. Yeah. Well, here's a way to incentivize people to do narrative stuff. Imagine if the ninth edition rule book dropped and it's exactly the same as it is now, but in the narrative section, before or after the crusade sec- section, it says narrative crusade, here's how you play that, and narrative maelstrom. Here's how you play that. Here's six yeah. missions. Here's some cards. I don't yeah. have uh, really an opinion on Maelstrom. I was kind of hitting neither here nor there for me. I didn't. I didn't love it or hate it. It was just kind of all right. Yeah, but that's one way I of think... doing it. Um, there's other ways to do it. There are gaps. The Crusade. The thing about I've got the Crusade supplement, the very first GW Ninth Edition Crusade supplement that they released. Uh, so this is their way of playing narrative, and that book has two pages of narrative (laughs) (laughs) that tells you what they think of narrative in this edition yeah you need to you you need to be you need to be brought on as the like they've they've brought on the nova guy as the 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 tournament competitive consultant they need to bring you or like the the team like sultan or something like you guys as a team on as like the the narrative consultants so then we end up up with like the two rule sets Yes, yeah, so 2021, I'd like different ways of playing narratively and some apocalypse rule set, please. Thank you. That's my answer. <laughs> I like it. The thing that does give me hope for you there, Winters, is uh, actually, despite the fact it's um, very weird, uh, is this book about the, all the terrain rules. It definitely makes me think they're going to release uh, yeah, different ways of playing 40k just through different books. So hopefully you get a book there that's you know, sandbox narrative or, or I don't know, what, however you, you don't want it written, but... Uh, yeah, something, something like that. Maybe that, maybe that'll, maybe that'll help. But then, well. similarly, a narrative book could just be one page, which is have fun, guys. Do what you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we are going to uh, end Sangu- Sanguinalia there. Have I said that right? We're going to end Christmas there. So, thank you so much for <laughs> uh, for listening, everybody who has, has stayed with us uh, all the way through. I think this is our thirteenth podcast. Something yeah. Like this is this is the thirteenth. Yeah. Appropriate. Yeah. yeah. And as as Adam says, <laughs> we we are fundamentally a group of Warhammer nerds who, for some reason, think we're funny. So thank you so much for staying with us, everybody. <laughs> In actual fact, I do have one final request of you, which is that if you could please say more mean things to Quipster whenever he's on, because that <laughs> that comment section was ridiculously positive and uh, pleasant, and I was I was not very happy uh, at all. The comment section is very nice to me. Yeah, it's it's just bad for him. <laughs> I mean, look, much like Fulgrim, Quipster looks nice <laughs> on the outside, but he is corrupt as hell on the inside. <laughs> I, no, I, I think, I think, I think it's like the Roman. It's like the Roman triumph, right? It's like the Roman triumph. Quipster is paraded through the comment section with everyone saying how amazing his painting is. It's all true. Everyone saying he's a good-looking guy. It's all true. And then one of us, or perhaps you, Winters, needs to be the, the you know, the slave holding the laurel above his head and whispering in his ear and saying, "Glory is only fleeting." Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, or we'll just do a rich and just whisper, "You're a dickhead" yeah. all the time. Yeah. I mean, Old glory time. was glory is only fleeting. Is nicer. I thought that was all <laughs> and more yeah. Romanesque. 
No one told Julius Caesar he was a dickhead, except Brutus, maybe. Yeah. Oh, actually, that, which does remind me, uh, as is, as it's obviously been a fantastic year, and, and you know, you've obviously had a huge amount painted. Do you want to? Do you want to shout out Siege Studios uh, one one last time oh, for, for the work that they've done? Uh, yeah. So someone's going to believe that at some point. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Uh, <laughs> Cripsy, where where can people find you? Uh, people can find me on Instagram at QuipsterNerd and on YouTube. If you search Quipster, you'll find me. Uh, and the legal department, what about you, mate? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram at ADR Wargaming. Brilliant. And uh, uh, Josh, I know it's tough for you because you can't use your URL, but if you, <laughs> where, where, where else can people find you, mate? Outside of chat? Uh, just kind of find me around, you know, you can find me on Instagram, you can find me on YouTube can find me on facebook if you know my real name which you will do it's josh um <laughs> yeah no i yeah i'm all over the place i've said it before war hipster instagram youtube ko-fi patreon cool <laughs> i'm gonna laughably assume that we have some fans that aren't also fans of winters uh so <laughs> winters where, where where can people find you uh terra segmentum solar nice <laughs> <laughs> nice oh i should have said say hi winters ah oh, it was my one chance Say hi, winners. <laughs> uh, yeah, cool. we're gonna have to re-record now, guys. Okay, brilliant. Yeah, and you can find me at that as the Sandman Hobby, or you can find us all at Adam. I always get it wrong. I'm sorry. Uh, the Conclave 40k podcast, or something like that, yeah. on Instagram. Type us in. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Then, just we'll, just look up we'll, the Conclave 40k on Instagram. And yeah, we will appear with our about nine posts. I promise we will put more content out there. <laughs> and this will go up on uh, YouTube as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, once again, a very Merry Christmas from everybody here at the Conclave. We hope you have a really, really great uh, time and you get great presents, whether they're Warhammer related or even other things, if, if you're so inclined. Um, you know, for example, even if you get clothes. And, you know, whilst we're on the topic, actually, there are many clothes in the Rumor Engines um, that, ca that came out in December, which, you know, I don't know if you're aware of, the line is actually very famous for not being a naked <laughs> So it could be a sign of things to come. But thanks very much for listening and we'll see you next year.